All right, and we are live. So this is episode five, I think. Yeah, I've I've lost count. <laughs> um, of of the headphone show live stream, and today we have Ryan from Modhouse Audio, very well known uh, modder manufacturer for uh, the Argon headphone, Argon Mark III is the current revision. It's basically uh, a T50 uh, mod. So all the guys who started off their illustrious headphone careers modding headphones like you know mr <laughs> speakers dan clark uh and uh zach from zmf um ryan is still doing them <laughs> so uh and you know i i feel like i should let you give an introduction um you know for for everybody else who oh, sure. probably watching this uh tell us a bit about you know how you got into uh modding and uh just what it is that that you do <laughs> <laughs> sure sure so i was really into speakers back when i was in high school and that would have been oh gosh like 15 years ago um but then after i moved out of out of the, my parents house and went into college um i didn't have an environment where i could use speakers anymore um and i kind of most of the time when i was at college i kind of got by with the crappy old usb headset basically and then one day that that finally broke completely and i thought you know what i, I should get something a little better than that. and uh now at the time this again this was probably i want to say six years ago seven years ago something like that um i was not i didn't know about head fine was not at all knowledgeable about the hobby um just went on newegg and looked for highly rated <laughs> headphones and surprisingly enough i, I stumbled on the, the phillips sap sap 9500 um, as as we was, all did <laughs> but oddly enough this was yeah this was before they were known in the hobby like this was right i guess they just just came out consumer facing had them um but i was like wow i, I was really impressed by them and uh but, you, know, you know i don't really the pads i don't really find too comfortable and um yeah i wanted to try and swap them but i realized oh they use a proprietary pad mechanism um and my dad had actually gotten me a 3D printer for my for my birthday, and uh, I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll try and put this to some practical use rather than just 3D printing toys off of a Thingiverse. And um, so I made some adapters and um, some other miscellaneous stuff for the Philip. Was that to, and, the, to close uh, off oh, the headphone? Yeah, that was one of the. <laughs> so yeah, I did a couple different revisions of like cups to close them off uh, with with mixed results. Um, I think I've seen one of them. One of them is like fairly <laughs> like wide. <laughs> yeah, they're they're pretty funny looking, <laughs> um, and they're not fully closed either. It's it's like turning mm. them into into semi open, I guess. Um, gotcha. There's still this kind of strange mechanism, uh, mechanism, but uh, a a gap between the the baffle and the back of the cup. So like the grill where the driver is, um, that's where the cup goes. But there's still a, a kind of a leaky baffle around where the pads go. Um, so it's like it leaks less, but it's not really as close as you'd you'd want it to be. Um, but that that was my goal to make them closed in quotes. Again, I didn't know what I was doing at the time really, or what effect it would have. Um, but when I did that and it changed the sound pretty dramatically, that that experience kind of got me hooked on the idea of oh, okay, well, so you can you can mod headphones to change the sound. Mm. And before, before I didn't even think about. It. Again, this was like probably six, seven years ago. Um, and then I stumbled, what did they do? I guess I posted on Reddit first. I saw Reddit first, and then um, I learned about HeadFi. 
and then on HeadFi, <laughs> then I, I kind of got into the world of, of grotto modding, actually, uh, before mm. I started doing 250s. And that's, um, uh, there's a whole community around that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I, I actually, just before we, just to interrupt you there, sorry. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, sure, we got a bit of like robotic sound going on here. Um, yeah. Can you in Discord just uh, mm -hmm. change the, the sensitivity of the mic? I think it's just not oh, picking sure. up enough. Okay. Should I raise it or, or lower it, you think? Uh, make it more sensitive. Okay. And then what headphones, real quick, while you're doing that, are you rocking right now? <laughs> These are uh, HD 580s. I'm a, yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little jealous of Max's uh, signed <laughs> ones. I well, at, the I was... next, at the next show, you got to get yours signed. <laughs> yeah, if Axel's there again, uh, I gotta, I gotta meet him. Um, at the time, <laughs> so when I was actually trying out uh, DMS's uh, mod Diana's, and then yeah. uh, I forget if it was Metal or, or Max was like, oh, hey, there's Max Axel Grell, and at the time I was like, oh, where, what, where is he? But then I was like, well, no, I gotta listen to these. So then, I, then I lost track of him, and I never got a chance to uh, to talk to him. Um, but uh, yeah, if I ever had the chance, I'd yeah, I'd like some signed. Uh, signed <laughs> I, I've been these these have been kind of like my mainstay for the last uh, last several years, and I, I know there's a lot of fans of the Sennheiser, um, you know, six five eighty six hundred XX yeah yeah series, all that stuff. Um, um, hey man, I think you gotta like turn the sensitivity up, not the not the volume. Um, oh. Cause like it's uh, it keeps like yeah cutting out a little bit. Uh, oh, sorry. Is that any better? Uh, yeah. Uh, I think so. Uh, just saying Hopefully. hi to people in the chat here. Uh, see androids in in the chat. How's it going, buddy? Oh, nice. Good. Good to see you. Uh, Metal was here. I guess. I guess he's gonna watch it later. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Sorry. Uh, I'll let you continue there with it. Uh, oh, sure, I interrupted sorry. you. Oh, sure. Sorry. Um. So yeah, first I got into grotto modding, and I, I still have like a few, like props around here, pretty much like just memorabilia almost of of that uh, that era. Um, I have some aluminum cups. Um, so I did that for a little bit. Um, but then, just oh, no. just so people okay. are aware, what's what are those called? The the mod grotto modded headphones. I remember there's a name for a bunch of them. Well, there's a bunch of drivers you can get for them, yeah. And people usually call them based on uh, on the driver that you use. So like, there's the Symphons right. Magnum, the uh, the was it the Nord, the Nord Ipsom. is the one I'm I'm familiar with. Familiar with, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, have you heard any of the what is that? I used to have Magnum V8s. Uh, no, sorry, V7s. Uh, I'm, I want to get some V9s. They they do look pretty promising. Um, I've tried the Nords briefly. Um, but that was meat conditions, so yeah, I didn't have a didn't get a real good sense of them. Um, and I guess it was the Ypsilons, I haven't heard those. The, the Turbulent, I think the Turbulent X drivers. Um, so yeah, people tend to focus on the wood and the drivers. Um, well, it's kind of fun because with Grotto, it, it's basically just a driver and a pad with yeah. a small, like it's. <laughs> It's the perfect thing to be modding because you have yep. access to very easy access to the driver, mm -hmm. essentially. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and they, I mean, for me at least, they're some of the most uncomfortable headphones I've ever worn. <laughs> with the with the stock pad, mm -hmm. it sort of feels mm -hmm. like this kind of like mm -hmm. rough socks material, or like like something like this, where it's like it's like this kind of foam material, mm -hmm. like stiff, mm -hmm. hard foam. Yep. Unpleasant. Um, so when I, I assume when they get modded, sorry, it's probably a bit loud. I assume when they get modded, uh, it's uh, 
the comfort is also improved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some aftermarket pads. Um, I think the to me the biggest difference was using the I think they call them the bush pads or the salad bowl pads. <laughs> some people call <laughs> right. them. Um, I don't have any handy at the moment, but um, yeah, the the flat ones are called the S Kush. The kind of donut ones are called the L Kush, and then the mm. large ones are the G Kush. And the G Kush are a lot more comfortable than the other two, at least at right. least for me. Uh, and for me, I don't I don't mind the comfort on the G Kush. Uh, it, it's more the other two that are that I can't really. Uh, stand for very long um but i, I know where you're, you're coming from um but the the g so the other the aftermarket drivers at least in my experience seem to work better with the g kush than most of the stock grottos right that's obviously that's and, gonna... with modding them the the <laughs> goal is to also i mean i guess it's like with modding any, anything mm-hmm. it's to try and improve certain aspects of the frequency response Mm-hmm. And with some of those grottos, would you say it would be to, let's say, add a little bit more bass, <laughs> bring down some yeah. of the? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would say the aftermarket drivers have a little and a little less upper mids and treble. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Um, so that, that's that. Yeah, they they do what you would imagine people would want them to do. <laughs> for for, for grottos, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I like the stock. Uh, was it the SR 80s and the 60s, like the um, the entry level ones? I don't I don't mind those uh, stock, but um, yeah. the, the higher end ones with the the G Kush, um, that's a little more travelable than I like. Um, but with the aftermarket drivers, that helps out a lot. Do you find that the the drivers there, like to base a mod off of that driver, is it? Do you find it to be reasonably <laughs> capable? Uh. I haven't had much time with the higher end grottos, uh, but with the the aftermarket ones, um, at least the Simphones. Simphones is the only one that I've owned, um, and I I thought it was pretty decent. Yeah, I, I would encourage anyone who's who's curious to give them a try. Not I haven't tried the newest ones, but you know. Well, see, it's it's funny. I, ha- I have kicking around here somewhere a three twenty five E, I think. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I just it's something I'm supposed I'm supposed to review, but I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Um, but I have heard it, and mm-hmm. while the tuning is clearly not for me, and neither is the comfort, mm-hmm. you can tell that there's there's something promising about the driver, mm-hmm. right? This, it seems like there's something there, and I even like in the back mm-hmm. of my head when I was listening to, it, I was like, you know what? I, I I understand why people want to mod this stuff. Mm-hmm. It just it it seems like the perfect kind of like basis for changing the frequency response. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a neat thing. It's a big community. Um... Well, at least it's, it's the, I guess it's a sub-community of the, the, headfo- <laughs> yeah, the broader yeah. headphone modding community. <laughs> Within um, context, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if there's... I don't know if there's more Grotto modders or more T50 modders out there. Interesting. Um, I'd say it's kind of... It's probably a toss-up, but I haven't I haven't looked in on the, the headphone yeah. community for a little while. So you so after that, you got into T50 modding, or was that around the same yeah. time? So, let's see. Yeah, I know... So I was, I was kind of... <laughs> Browsing, I spent a lot of time on Head Five, and um, and at first, yeah, it was like Guado, there was there's a huge Guado modding, several large Guado modding threads. Um, but yeah, at some point, I don't know how I got redirected there. I, I heard about like the um, the vintage Ortho thread and the uh, the T50 thread, and uh, there was one guy in particular. I think it was the the Blue Monkey Fire, <laughs> Blue Monkey Flyer. I think his name is um thread where he just he it's it's very detailed he gives very good instructions um it's very well documented on how he does his modding and then that people kind of picked up from there and just 
went nuts. Mm-hmm. And um, so I got a, I, I got a set of T50s and I started messing with them. And um, even though I messed with them for probably, uh, I want to say two or three months, something like that, um, something was, was kind of missing. And uh, I was just, I don't know, wasn't feeling too satisfied. Um, but at the time, I had very little headphone experience at all. Like, I, I had never been to a show or meet. Um, I hadn't tried any of the higher-end stuff. Uh, I was just kind of, I was kind of flying blind at the time. Um, but then uh, then I went to my first Headfi meet. And again, I think this would have been 2015, 2016, I think. Um, I think 2015. And, um, and then I got to try all the, most of the stuff, you know, that was popular at the time on the market. And, um, and that kind of helped, <laughs> that kind of opened my eyes to what was possible as far as headphones go. Oh, wow. This is right. <laughs> I get to try like going from, from grotto mods to LCD tubes, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's a pretty big difference. Um, right. and just getting to try the, you know, it wasn't just LCD tubes and I had to try HD hundreds. Um, <sighs> gosh, what all was big at the time? All the Sennheisers. Um, well, I mean, there would have been other, mm-hmm. yeah, other planers as well. Like I know mm-hmm. that there's a bunch of hi-fi man stuff that was out then, yeah, mm-hmm. even even earlier and. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I got to try HE6 and HE500. Yeah. Uh, at the time, um, yeah, I like those. Um, yeah, LCD2, LCDX. Um, and then was that like a, a a moment for you where you were like, oh, I like planar tech. It, there's something unique about planar tech. Um. I, I or just like, headphones in general. Mm-hmm. I think just headphones in general. Really, yeah. at the time, I didn't. I didn't really think too much about separating planar from dynamic. Um, okay. Um, but then also, <laughs> and then I met Zach there too. And, oh, cool. Yeah, he was actually like the first person I met there, and he's obviously he's a really nice guy. He he's great, and um, I do I like his stuff. Um, and so getting to hear his T50 mods. And be like, oh, okay. So obviously, I'm missing something, <laughs> kind of <laughs> thing. Um, and it turns out the, the biggest thing that I was missing was was larger pads. That at the mm-hmm. time I was using mostly um, uh, what is it? Shore, the uh, oh, shoot, what are? They? I'm blanking on the name, but I was using a lot of like smaller, flatter pads, and I oh, didn't, like brainwaves. Yeah, like brainwaves. Uh, yeah, shore stuff. Um, what else? Again, just Dakoni. Uh, they they didn't exist yet. Oh, they, oh, right. This um, was yeah. pre Dakoni. Yeah, yeah. yeah, gotcha. So yeah, there wasn't a the pad market was not what it is today. Right. And um, so I was trying mostly smaller, flatter pads, and that didn't really get me where I wanted to go. But then when I tried some, I think Alpha pads were actually what I tried first, and um, it was yeah, I tried Alpha pads and then the ZMF pads. And um, after that, I realized, oh, okay, yeah, this makes a big difference and, and opens up some more possibilities uh, for what I could um, I could potentially get. Um, but anyway, so after the, the head find meet, I kind of in my head, now I had a taste of what all the other high all the high end all the other yeah all the high end headphones were, and I had kind of a better idea of what my what sound I wanted to get. And um, so I kind of amalgamed. <laughs> Kind of mashed together all of my tuning preferences from the head time, from at least from memory, and um, and strive to get as close as I could to that. And um, after messing with him for probably 
another month or two, something like that, I finally, something kind of clicked and it's like, okay, now I have the sound that I really enjoy and I think I might be on this. Um, uh, we're, we're losing a bit of, uh, it's uh, jumping around a bit here. I think there's a network <laughs> issue. Oh. Hopefully not. Um, I'm on a wired connection, thankfully. Oh. <laughs> um, but it could be. It could be. Uh, Let me see a second. Uh, will, will it cut out if I change mics midstream? Oh, you can. You can do that. I'll. It, so. it, the stream won't cut out. You can go ahead and, and make all those fixes. Um, but okay. I'll, I just want to give a bit of context to <laughs> what the um, what the mod is, what the T50 mod mm -hmm. is. Basically, mm -hmm. what a lot of people are doing and have done for a while is they've taken a uh, what is essentially a, a not a fairly inexpensive headphone. They just 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 bought it, and then they've improved it. There's a whole market for this where they've improved the tuning and just improved it in various different ways, and then mm -hmm. this has resulted in ultimately a headphone that sounds quite a bit better than what the default one is, and then. The idea is to then sell that mod, that modded headphone for more money, so that you cover the costs of you know buying the headphones, mm -hmm. and uh, so this is how a lot of these other manufacturers like ZMF and Dan Clark have all gotten their start as well. So, um, basically, I, it's letting you dictate how you want to hear things, right? Yeah, yeah. The the T50s are really flexible in terms of how much you can change the frequency response. Uh, I think that's really their strongest point. Um, that if you're if you're dedicated enough, you can get just about any tuning you like out of them. Um, at least as far as frequency response goes. Um, you just have to have uh, a lot of patience and a lot of try a lot of different pads, a lot of different damping materials. <clears throat> and um, you know, and yeah, eventually, I, I think most people could get something that they're happy with. Um, but as far as the the modding uh, modding business, yeah, you're you're making a tuning that you like, and then when other people decide that they like it, you know, they're, they're basically paying you for your time so that they don't have to figure out how to achieve the sound that they want themselves. You know? It's like, if I spent 300 hours trying to, you know, tune these the way, just the way I like them, um, and other people don't, you know, they'll, they'll pay me to buy them instead of right. know, yeah. that time themselves. Mm -hmm. So how many, I mean, just if you could ballpark it, you know, how many custom headphones have you made or modded headphones have you, have you made? Let's say just with the T50 mod. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. Jeez. Um, we did the Mark IIs for about a year, and then the supply ran out. And then we had about a six-month... It took me about six months to figure out how to recreate it with the Mark III's. Um, I actually haven't counted in a while, but somewhere between... Well, I'll say over a thousand. Jeez, <laughs> over a thousand modded yeah. headphones. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. And so now you're on the the Mark III, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and you still have a ton of orders coming in, and your your yeah. it business is good. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's really exceeded exceeded my expectations for sure. Um, yeah. You know, at first I thought it would just be a few here and there. Um, you know, and, and the first. I'd say the first year or two, yeah, it, it was that. But um, I would say definitely the last year, uh, it's been pretty steady. And uh, especially the last couple of months, it's, it's picked up. But especially after, since Christmas of this year, I would say. Um, what, what was it like, like the first time, 
when you realize that there's demand for the tuning that you're kind of slaving over for yourself, you know, when you, was it, you know, put building up kind of like through the grassroots community stuff where you'd go to a meet and then somebody would try it. And mm -hmm. then there's, you know, some hype starts to build. Was it kind of like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, it's a humbling experience. It, it's a very flat, um, you know, you, you do something for yourself and then, you know, you don't stop to, at the time anyway, I wasn't thinking, well, maybe, you know, maybe a lot of other people too. Um, but then I guess I realized that once I was happy, maybe I was a tougher critic on myself than what, um, than what other people are. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, once once a lot of people, hmm? sorry, usually how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I think the first meet that I took them to was probably the Long Island meet in 20, 2016, I think, twenty seventeen. I yeah, I'm not certain on the year. Um, and yeah, it, getting I, I I remember the first guy that gave me his impression. He he looked at me and was like, "Wow, I like these better than my Thunderpants." <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I don't know if either of you guys remember Smeggy Thunderpants or not. Yeah. Uh, but you know, besides uh, besides Zach and Dan, that was kind of like that was like the first like kind of commercial T50 mod at least that I can remember. That's um, right. There were there were I remember there was a number that you there was like the Mad Dog stuff. And then, yeah. and then there were, and those are the other ones. <laughs> yeah, I, I think again, someone could you know should correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this, the Thunderpants actually were were the first commercial mod. I think, right. and right. then um, and Dan wasn't you know, and Dan came after that. Um, and I think the LFF Paradox, and then I think it was, and then he was Zach after that. Um, right. Um, but yeah, and so yeah, obviously I was inspired by by all of those guys. Um, but yeah, just getting that first um, that first positive, you know, positive feedback is just yeah, it, it's it's a very good feeling. It's very um, it's very flattering. Cool. And uh, I mean, now you're still you're still refining, right? You're still like all the way from that mm -hmm. initial you know kind of breakthrough to now. It's it hasn't been like okay, this is now done. It's like still figuring out still tinkering and mm -hmm. you know getting it to i mean you now like you said you'd release the mark three mm -hmm. uh, not too long sure. ago right so i imagine that process is still mm -hmm. or that process of getting the tuning right to the way that you like mm -hmm. it is still the most fun yeah oh yeah yeah absolutely Drawing, uh, doing experiments testing all sorts of different stuff um that's that's what i enjoy the most personally yeah, um, yeah. trying new things experimenting with new stuff um, and yeah, there were definitely some, there were some small tuning changes between the Mark two and the Mark three. Um, the, the biggest complaint I would say that I got on the Mark twos was probably about the treble. Um, mm. the most, um, most T 50 mods or at least Mark two T 50 mods, um, had sort of a, a treble peak between eight and 10 kilohertz, uh, around there. And, uh, some people found that a little fatiguing, excuse me. Um, so on the Mark threes, uh, Part of the issue with with the change between the Mark II and the Mark III was the um, the dampening on the driver, and so we knew we'd have to change that. And as part of that that change, I was able to get rid of that treble peak. Right, and you're doing all this by ear, right? Uh, ear and measurements. Which uh, what are you using for measurements? <laughs> you're you're gonna laugh here. I'll get some flack from this, but I, I'm using a uh, uh, homemade rig. Um, you're using a homemade rig. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's right? because like industry standard rigs are like <laughs> at minimum yeah. fifteen grand. Like yeah. I wouldn't expect yeah. you to have I, a. Yeah, I, I would. I would love to get an industry standard rig. Um, yeah, and I'm interested in looking at stuff like I saw. Um, I think Critical was doing something interesting with. So I'm actually I'm looking into doing that as well. Um, oh great! Mm -hmm. The the concern that I have with that is, mm -hmm. uh, there's no compensation for it yet. And people yeah. who don't know how to read frequency response graphs and don't mm -hmm. know what a raw graph should look like, yeah, looking at that's gonna gonna sure. potentially throw them off. Um, sure. And I as as much as like the benefit of like being able to show more accurately than what this rig behind me wait that law the theorem is covering it but yeah mm -hmm. uh, more accurately than the ears rig I feel like mm -hmm. it's kind of outshined or outshone by the fact that I can't you, you can't assume that the people who are viewing it are going to understand how to yep. how to read it yeah um, but you know at the same time I I mean you you, you said that it's uh, a little bit funny that you use a homemade rig but uh, I've seen like major companies use the midi dsp ears rig as a measurement tool oh, as wow. well and they're not they're not claiming that it's accurate they're just using it to get sure. a general sense relative sure. to other stuff that measures yes. that they're measuring on it as well yep. Which is still a little bit all over the place, but it's at the very least, it's there's some sort of reference there, at least below two k hertz or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, yep. So yeah, it's, it's it's more about comparing differences than it is about. So exactly. Like can, yeah. So you can see what you're getting an inaccurate picture, but then if you can compare two inaccurate things, you get a kind of an idea of what changed it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's you get a relative yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, somebody's mentioning in the comments Lawton. Was that the company? The Lawton pads? Uh, oh, well, yeah, Lawton, Lawton did make pads. Um, I, I don't think I tried those. Maybe I, maybe I did. It's been a while. Um, I remember yeah. I was supposed to, I was going to buy them for the Denon D2000 like way back. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember there was like one that you could get that would be good for that series. Mm -hmm. but. Yeah, I haven't tried them, but he, yeah, he's really big. All the, yeah. the Fostex TH uh, series, the Denon. Um, yeah. And he makes he makes some pretty nice looking cut. Yeah, um, I know he makes pads as well and tuning kits. Um, I yeah. haven't tried them personally. I, I need to try more pads with uh, like the ZMF stuff. Mm -hmm. I know Tyler's into into pad swaps and stuff as well. It's <laughs> it's fun because like so me I'm I'm super used to just EQing stuff and I I'm uh, totally yeah. happy to do that with I'm, I'm using an EQed Allegio right now, okay. but I like the idea of achieving the frequency response that you want or even not just the frequency response but the the character that you're looking for by changing mm -hmm. the pads sure because not only is it a simpler way of doing it you also you can you get a little bit more confidence that what you've done mm -hmm. with the pads right is sure and you say you're not going to do any kind of eq it's like okay this is just how it's going to be because uh you know, maybe you want it to be a little bit different and then changing the pad is like you know all you'd be able to do there but mm -hmm. i, I kind of like that idea and i want to do more of it it's just that i don't always have access to all the pads although oh, increase yeah. increasing the the uh, collection oh you can't yeah there you, mm -hmm. you can see it it's it's growing <laughs> so we so we got so we got some more pads but um not <laughs> yeah, quite on the level of uh of zeos <laughs> yeah. i remember one time you brought like i got like a gun case full of pads <laughs> yeah um yeah, but, but yeah, actually, did you right. did you see Z, uh, the uh, mm -hmm. the ZMF new ZMF uh, chart for all the pads? They just posted it. I think oh, uh, no, I didn't. either 
today or yesterday. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, I didn't. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Well, it's the one that they have in the booklet, actually. Yeah. That they gave away at the show. This one here. Oh, I didn't even. I didn't even look through that. Yeah. Uh, huh. So. Because he. How many different varieties is he up to now? He's oh, I don't know. There's so lot. many. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's got to be over twenty, I would think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Tyler, did you get a chance to try the uh, Verite suede pads yet? I know Anthony mm -hmm. said that he ordered some. Uh, yes, uh, the non-perf. I do have them, I believe. Uh, no, 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 the oh, the Verite suede. Uh, perf. Perforated or non-perforated? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't remember. I need to see. That's the thing. Is like I, I just <laughs> I need them all. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. Uh, honestly, like uh, as I uh, so it kind of goes back to what you were talking about before about the uh, uh, doing EQ versus pad swapping like hard mod mm -hmm. versus electronic mm -hmm. mod. Yeah, uh, I'm more of the fan of doing the, the pad swapping over doing EQ myself. Mm -hmm. So that's where I would go fall into. Um, and so for me, I usually, to leave me the answer, um, I usually find what I like the most. And then once I do, I tend to let them <laughs> gather dust. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, uh, I, I think I've tried a bunch of them. And to me, uh, personally, I, I like the... Uh, I didn't like the suede as much as I like the uh, tour for the VCs, the Atour uh, right. solids. And then for the Verite uh, opens, I prefer the um, either the perforated suede or the, um, uh, what else do I have on there? I think right now I have the actual universal uh, lamb skin uh, perforated. Those are my two favorites. See, what I was, also. what uh, I was really interested to learn from that chart was that and even just talking to zach was the impacts of pads that you can't get just from an eq yeah. um things like for example if you have thicker pads and it, it actually physically moves the driver further away from your ears especially with headphones that don't have the same kind of clamp force for all you know like oh, the zmf yeah. ones it's a bit more kind of like free form on the side of your head so if you have yeah. thicker pads it is going to move it further away Whereas if you have it closer, you notice the speed characteristics of the driver more, those types of things, mm -hmm. um, which I don't know. Yeah, I'll let you chime in on that. But, and that's the part that why I think I personally prefer uh, like the pad swapping mods versus EQ yeah. and that kind of stuff because you get natural, I guess, is a, what, a good term for it, a natural uh, way that it's interfere, inter interfering as a true way of saying it, but like the way it's... <laughs> <laughs> you know it's, it, the sound waves or you know it's sure. it's the that's to me is it, it's it doesn't you're not messing with it overtly in a way that will affect things in a different layer like with eq that i've noticed like on eq i'll you know, you'll tweak one thing and next thing you know the uh you know the mids are all jacked up you have to kind of figure out you have to constantly go through and figure it out um until you get what you need or what you're looking for but even then it always seems like there's something off uh, to me anyways um whereas when i do like uh pad swaps or um, in fact, I actually bought your uh, HD 700 mod <laughs> way back when I first tried <laughs> And uh, so stuff like that, like I've noticed it wasn't as, it, it felt more, like, I'm going to stick to the word natural for now, um, but it, it just seemed more natural. It seemed like it had a better uh, way of controlling the sound that you wanted, I guess. Um, and so that's kind of where I was kind of sticking to for um, that kind of thing. And, and with the, the different pad density, I think that's a big part of it too. So um, mm -hmm. the way that Yeah, the phone factors. makes a big difference. And yeah. then the uh, uh, the way 
uh, for closed backs. I think that's the other part that's interesting is uh, the material material used in the back of the cup for the reverb mm-hmm. is, yep. is mm-hmm. that can make a huge difference, which is really yep. interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought is kind of another factor. Like I also have the HD eight hundred with the SDR mod, mm-hmm. um, but uh, taking that into account, the HD eight twenties I thought are like one reason I really liked that headphone was not necessarily because of the sound but because of how much they went into essentially modding the hd 800 into a closed right. back and then getting that gorilla glass like if you actually like oh it's a beautiful, yeah, it's beautiful. It, like, right mm-hmm. and then like the way that they uh engineered it's the glass right to be i think it's concave uh mm-hmm. to, re- to reflect the sound into mm-hmm. the dampening materials like mm-hmm. Just so you can yeah. have the visual, it's just, it's just crazy. It's such a cool thing that they did. It's a, yeah, it's a really cool design. <laughs> it looks really neat. So, um, do, you, do you have one behind you, Tyler? Uh, which one, the HD eight twenty or the? Yeah. No, I, I I never actually ended up buying it. I had uh, I had these bad boys and uh, <laughs> uh, and then it, it was too close to the HD eight hundred SDR mod for me to justify. If that makes sense. So um, what I wonder though about that is like, if you if you were to do something like change the pads on here. Would it be able to, uh, quote unquote, fix the frequency response, like the the three hundred hertz? I mean, not that it's totally out of whack, but there's three hundred hertz uh, gap. And what I wonder is, because and this is something that I wanted to actually ask Axel Grell, I didn't get a chance to because my camera ran out of battery. But like with the H with the HD at twenty, in theory, you know, there there was gonna be a a gap somewhere. And I was talking with Max yeah. about this as well. There was going to be that because there needed to be some. It was being directed at some specific point, and that frequency was just dropped to avoid the resonance. And in theory, they could have put that anywhere. And I wonder if there would have been a more strategic place to put it than 300 hertz. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting to know what what range of frequencies they felt they could have put it into. Um, I don't know for sure, but I, I would suspect that it would be a range probably between. Uh, gosh, I don't know, maybe 50 and 500 hertz, something like that. But, um, you know, you you and I were talking about this at the at the mm-hmm. show, but there's, maybe not to the degree that the HD820 has a cut at 300 hertz, mm-hmm. uh, but if it were possible to put it at somewhere like 3K hertz, or just above uh, 3K hertz, where <laughs> you, nice. you know, there's a strategic reason to have it there, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, thinking out loud but sure sure <laughs> yeah yeah if you could if you could do that if they could get it that, um then i would definitely agree that would be that would be a good strategic put it for sure but there's going to be physical limitations to where you could put it as well as what you're saying yeah mm-hmm. yeah 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 i'm again i don't don't know the particulars of their design but i would suspect based on my experience that it's it would be somewhere in the lower mids that they would yeah. be limited and yeah. it's just a matter of well, where is at least in the range that we can hit it? Where is at least offensive? Right, and so they probably did pick the one that was least offensive for. I mean, maybe like 150 hertz, maybe I don't know. Yeah, that's the other one. But mm-hmm. how yeah. do you? Yeah, that would have been better. I was going to ask you because there's there's been a debate in. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I asked you this at the at the show as well. And we talked about it, but mm-hmm. there's been this somewhat of a debate that. Uh, started by Sean Olive, but whether or not all the technical stuff, like detail, what mm-hmm. we call detail resolution, uh, is embedded somehow in the frequency response, not necessarily something where you could, you know, point at the graph and say mm-hmm. this is where the detail is, but that it is all 
technically still captured by frequency response graph. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just that we don't know what, what we're looking for. I wanted to get your take on that kind of debate. <laughs> well, well, yeah, I feel personally, I kind of between the objectivist and the subjectivist arguments, um, usually on average. Mm -hmm. um, but I pretty much always will default to my own experience beyond measurements. Um, I don't think because we, just because we don't know what we're looking for doesn't mean that, you know, that it's not there. You know, I, right. I think if we experience it, that's more important than if we're measuring it. I mean, measurements are, when we're measuring the things that we know about and we can measure, then that's going to be more reliable than human ears. But, you know, of course, everyone hears differently too, of course. Um, but uh, if there's something that we don't know how to measure, I, I fall back on, on my own experience and the experience of other people over, um, over the measurements. Um, whether it's all captured in, I don't know. I mean, I guess there's two ways to look at it, right? I mean, you could say on one hand, if we do a sign sweep and we take the measurement, that all the data that we need to know is captured in that measurement somewhere. We just don't know how to parse the data in a way that right. will make it clear what's going on as far as detail and stuff goes. Um, and then I guess the other way to look at it would be, well, if we can't see anything, if we don't know what we're looking for and we can't see anything that correlates to what people are experiencing, then that's that's placebo. That's we don't know what that is. That may or may not be anything, mm -hmm. you know, and that the, what we can measure is really all that there is. Um, and I would I would certainly fall in the former that. Yeah, just I mean, because this... I don't know. Yeah, just because we don't know what we're looking for doesn't it's not there. This is your your wonderful quote that I keep mm -hmm. stealing and using at at you know much at your expense. But uh, it's like trying to define the uh, terrain by looking at the map rather than the other way around. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm -hmm. If I mean to me, what we call detail or the thing that as Tile described lets us peer into the music better. You know when you're comparing different headphones. Mm -hmm. It, to me, at, at the moment, I can only really ascribe this to um, a whole bunch of different factors kind of mm -hmm. coming together to give that mm -hmm. that perception. And one of them is absolutely frequency response. And, and probably sure. the primary oh, one yeah. is going to be frequency sure. response. Yep. But the other elements, I, I feel it is probably possible to isolate them and reduce them to certain things. It's just mm -hmm. that because the, the experience is so is, is a cohesive mesh of all these different things, it's impossible yeah. to really pull apart. Yeah. So like, it, it's as if, you know, trying to isolate the granular, you know, on, on a granular mm -hmm. level, what this stuff would be is, is impossible, mm -hmm. yet there is still yeah. something that redounds to what it, the overall experience ends up being that we can then call detail. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, so on that subject, um, I, and I asked you this at the show as well, but if you could, um, let's say a limitation of the T50 driver is, mm -hmm detail like it, it fits a certain kind of price bracket where it, it would it would maximize um sure. if you could release a headphone that would be like sixteen hundred dollars or something like that it was based <laughs> on you know, or you know just like pick sure. a sure. pick a price tag right mm -hmm. um what type of driver would you or what type of you know, basis foundation would you use for that headphone 
whether planar or wow. dynamic or, or whatever. Uh, sorry, I take it kind of the spirit of the question. What what type of driver do I think is most technically capable as far as detail retrieval? Yeah. So then, so then that you would, I mean, even something that is appropriately moldable for the frequency response that you want, because I mean, even like the, the highest end planar magnetic headphones that we have available, none of them actually have a, have a reasonable frequency response. I shouldn't say none of them, but most of them, the frequent, there's something weird with the frequency response and they're trying to improve it over time. I think probably the closest would be the Susvara, but, um, you know, beyond that, I mean, all these other crazy flagship headphones out there very few of them i've i've found in spite of the fact that they get the technical stuff incredibly you know it's 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 super impressive the frequency Mm -hmm. response isn't as meticulously uh done as what a lot of the Mm -hmm. modders are doing with Mm -hmm. lower end drivers and lower end you know foundations Mm -hmm. let's say so yeah i'll Mm -hmm. I'll let you answer the, the question oh boy um well i mean i guess on one hand i would say At least in my experience, planers are more flexible than the dynamics in terms of modding. Um, I mean, as far as tuning the frequency response goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's the nature of the design of the drive. You look at a drive. Uh, usually, like the back of the magnet structure is already it's already got some dampening there. Um, it's already kind of defined. Like if I was designing a dynamic driver from the ground up there's a lot more I could do. But if I was taking an existing dynamic driver, I would be more limited with what I can do as far as tuning goes. Uh, I'd be mm-hmm. more, I would, I would be focusing more on, pa- on pads and the baffle and, and the cup design um, mm-hmm. than, than with dampening on the driver. Whereas with the planer, it'd be almost the opposite where, well, not necessarily the opposite, but I would be focusing a lot on the dampening of the driver on a planer uh, compared to a dynamic. Um, as far as what planer that would be though, that's, <laughs> That that's a good question. That's, yeah, um, what I'm what I'm going to do next is is still up in the air. something I've been been thinking about a lot. Which way I want to go? Have you had a chance to experiment with, or not experiment, but but try out the Meze Empyrean or look into what they were doing with that isodynamic hybrid array thing? Uh, I've seen it, and I, I've tried the. I tried it at um, where was it? I think it would have been CanJam last year. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I tried it this year, but yeah, I have tried it before and, and I enjoy it. Uh, and I think it's a neat design. Yeah, it's the. I guess what their their pitch is that the the different shapes of the magnet and traces um, yeah. make different parts of the diaphragm better at producing different frequency yeah. range. Yeah, which um, makes a certain amount of sense in theory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it it makes that makes logical sense to me. Um, I guess I would like to. I would love to see something like, um, like a, like a not slow motion, but some sort of. I'd like to see an experiment where they they take the same shape driver, same basic parameters, and say, well, here's what it would look like if we didn't do that, versus what it looks like when we have done. Right. Um, and how much of a difference, you know, if they're saying different parts of the diaphragm reproduce different parts of the frequency range better. What does that look like in like in real time? Like, does the surface does one part of the surface vibrate differently than the other? You mm-hmm. know, is it is it something that you could see if you had like, I don't know, a super high speed camera and an electron microscope or something? that would be really interesting to do mm-hmm. to like uh, you know hook up a super high speed camera to different driver mm-hmm. types 
you, yeah. you know, or like the high end, like dynamics, like beryllium drivers to see, mm-hmm. the, you know, the difference there. Um, mm-hmm. If it's even captured, you know, captured by, I know, I know that the, the yeah. super high speed cameras are getting better and better, but from what mm-hmm. I understand, the, the restorative force on a lot of that stuff's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, I think I think there's simulations that um, different companies have done. I think I've seen some right. of um, uh, like the diaphragm movement on the like the boundary. <laughs> I guess they call it like the boundary condition of where the um, the diaphragm meets the surround. Uh, you know right. how, the, how the, the diaphragm flexes. Uh, I think Focal has shown shown some stuff with that with, um, That's with how their how their new stuff compares to. A traditional like mylar diaphragm. Oh yeah, I've seen. I think diagram. I've seen that where they they is that's the one where they show the the driver breakup. Mm-hmm. I think so. I, I think I think I've seen that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, the reason I bring up the Empyrean is to me it's almost as if they looked at the principles of of a dynamic driver and said, let's see if we can do something like this in a planar. Mm-hmm. as in you know like a dynamic driver not all but like the stuff like focal where you have the sort of more hybrid kind of system mm-hmm. uh you know the the outside of the driver you have handling well basically the stiffness and rigidity for the center for high frequencies and the outside for mm-hmm. uh you know lower frequencies um mm-hmm. and you get the, the the nice result of that is you get really good uh slam and punch and impact right from the mm-hmm from the excursive qualities which again i was talking with max about this and like it seems like there's no real consensus there either especially when it comes to planars because you know we were were talking with sankar at the show and he's like yeah no the 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 lcd one which is this tiny little headphone has the same flux as the as the lcd x so we don't know that's crazy yeah like it's Mm -hmm. like i i have no idea how it it, Mm -hmm. it shows up in planars but anyways uh just getting back to the can jam stuff um Mm -hmm. What was your highlight from the show this year? <laughs> um, I'd say for for closed headphones, I'd I'd say the Verite Club, uh, yeah. and for open, I'd I'd say probably DMS's Diana's. <laughs> mm. um, uh, you know, I also like the uh, the AB twelve sixty six. A lot of this, I didn't, I missed out on a lot of stuff. I spent more time talking to people than trying gear this year. That's um, how I felt too. <laughs> but um, yeah, I. There's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff out there, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I also like the AB twelve sixty six, the the Imperian, the Sosfara. Most of the new, the higher end high fives. I enjoy those. The, the Aria, I like a lot. Yeah, um, the Aria is that's like, if I had like the the people ask me this all the time, like you know, if you mm-hmm. could pick one open back headphone and one closed back mm-hmm. headphone. Which we, what would you pick? And my answer for the closed back is the Verite closed, even though I don't mm-hmm. own one. Uh, and it, you know, it's I, I own the open. I, I kind of have a sense of how that sounds, and mm-hmm. you know, it, sure. that kind of sound in a closed back, it would be awesome. Yeah. And the Hi Fem and Aria is the mm-hmm. open back, and mm-hmm. partially because well, they're they're both flagships, but also partially because I think they complement each other really well for for different. Mm-hmm differently recorded music you know mm-hmm. the aria is sure. it's a little bit more neutral bright and mm-hmm. the verite is a bit more well, i i don't want to say neutral because it is a bit has a bit of that sort of upper mid-range coloration there but it is a little bit more like gentle downslope as zach likes to describe depending on the pads of sure. course that you use mm-hmm. right so yep um mm-hmm. what was your what was your preference for pads with the verite close uh i only tried it with one and i think it was shoot 
what was the default on that? What is the default? Just now, uh, is it the tour? Yeah, the tour non perforated, though, right? Non perforated tour. Uh, okay, so they, they but they come with the universe, uh, non perforated also. Okay, because I've tried the regular Verte with the universe and with the Verte, and my preference for the Verte is probably pads. Um, but I haven't tried all the different variations. Sorry, sorry, which pads were that? Oh, sorry, the universe pads. Right. For the um, uh, for the regular Verite. Uh, yeah. For the Verite clothes, I only tried. Yeah, tours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the BE2 is really good for the Verite. That's what I have right now on uh, online. B- yeah, BE2. Those, they're pretty. They're fun. What, um, just because they. And what is closer. that? It's yeah, a, it's a lot more thinner. forward. Yeah, they're real. They're like a thinner pad. Uh, oh, okay. It it uh, not white. <laughs> Sorry, I'll let, I'll let Tyler talk and just uh, show these off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no worries. Uh, just these ones. <laughs> and then there's the uh, Veritape. They're kind of similar to the Veritape pads, like the original Veritape pads, which is slimmer. But I think they mm-hmm. have a slightly slimmer profile and more uh, universal slimness to them. Uh, and then there's, no, is that right? Uh, no, the they're... So they're... So the, the default Veritape are flatter. Flatter. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're, they're not... They, these are a little bit chunkier, a little bit thicker. Um, in, in between the Verite and the Universe, but at oh. the same time, the Verite ones are also a little bit uh, wider. They're a bit like wider, like long. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a bit oh, okay. wider still. Um, and the sound profile difference is that you get a, the frequency response is actually a lot more similar to the Universe suede, but then you still oh. retain the technical benefits of. To, not all, but to, mm-hmm. to a certain extent, the of the Verite regular Verite pads, mm-hmm. um, which to me, so like, the end result is that your stage gets smaller and more forward. Everything just sort of comes a little bit more forward. Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. it's kind of like what happens with the Focal Clear, right? Where like all of, you get tons of detail, you notice the technicalities of the driver a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at least that's what that's what uh, the kind of stuff Zach was telling me at the, at the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I tend to go back and forth. Oh yeah, is that gonna <laughs> the, the tower of yeah. pads? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. You just like just, like smush them together. <laughs> oh my god, that's crazy. That needs to be in like the thumbnail of this of this yeah. live stream. <laughs> and that's the uh, the new um, hybrid. Focusing on this, really oh, right is today. that sorry, Verite hybrid? Yeah. Uh, the oh, I didn't know they had hybrids. Um, so from Zach, yeah, it's an interesting one. It, it's oh uh, my god, dude. So is it just the is it the ear surface that's the suede, or is yeah, it the inside? So, so in the surface. Ah, uh, okay. Right, it's not focusing. Mm-hmm. Um, you gotta hold suede, it next to your face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the the suede here, and then mm-hmm. perforated lamb, and then solid. Ah. Oh, okay. Huh. I just need to buy more ZMF stuff and then just like include it in whatever they send me. Just like all the pads, please. Just put everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, would, I would imagine that would really help you do too. I mean, if you're yeah. Yeah. trying to guide people towards what sound they can achieve with them, you know, yeah. there's so many different ones. Well, Zach. Correction, real quick, uh, it's not perforated on the inside, so it actually has. Yeah, that's the suede uh, solids, right? Yeah, the, solid. the Verite suede solids, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, Zach told me he was going to send me at some point a Verite to review, a Verite close to review. Uh, oh, nice. But you know, it's 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 challenging because I mean, as Metal was saying, it's like they're constantly making them for customers, right? So, yeah. you know, there's never one that's 
not being used or Sorry. you know made for somebody. I'm trying to get um, the, the pads to focus. I don't know why. Oh yeah, so you can see that one's quite a bit thinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's a B two. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it has, but it has a more. I want to say it's a more circular, or or is it? Yeah. Circular yeah. opening. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So it's not, and it's not as wide in the back as the Verite pads, which I have right here, actually. Ha! Perfect. Verite pads. Yeah. 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 I wish she had a way to label the pads. Actually, that would be really nice. He's he's working on it. He's actually creating a tag for him. Is what he's. I remember him. Oh, okay. But what I do is I just take the. Come on. Play nice. But I take the the card that comes with them and I just stick them in there. So that I can, oh okay. Uh, that works. So this is the Verite and this is the B two, so you kind of. Oh okay. Hmm. Yeah, pretty close, yeah. but it's pretty it's, it's kind of like in between the the universe and the. Uh, yeah, and then the as far as openings, you can kind of see that the B two is slightly opener, yeah. get, uh, more open. It, it's, so. Huh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was gonna ask about the. Uh, uh, well, uh, well, I'm sure we'll get back to the ZMF stuff, but I wanted to ask about your experience of DMS's Diana Phi. Oh. Um, I mean, as a modder, how mm-hmm. does something like mm-hmm. that strike you when somebody... I mean, did you get a chance to try the original Diana mm-hmm. Phi or, like, compare them side by side? No, I, I didn't, unfortunately. Um, I had, I think the I think I heard the original Diana V1 mm. I want to say two years ago, something like that. Um, so, yeah, I, I didn't have a a good side-by-side by comparison. Um, what I really liked about it was, well, I liked how dynamic it was, uh, planar, especially considering the size. Um, and the frequency response I thought was, was really good. Really um, again, it's, I don't feel comfortable giving detailed impressions because it was a really loud environment and I didn't yeah. have anything to compare them to. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I really enjoyed them. I, I think they, well, I guess I saw that they did add them to their side. I think they added an option that you can uh, yeah, but that's so that's DMS. well. I was going to ask about this because they mm-hmm. added the option to have the DMS pad, mm-hmm. which, as he was telling me, is oh, yeah. it, mm-hmm. it's. I'm sure you saw this, but but basically, mm-hmm. I'll just demonstrate on this on the DMS pad. So if you look, if you imagine this is the top of the pad here. He took a bunch of material out of the top, mm-hmm. so yeah. that when you're when you have it on your head, it doesn't kind of push into the temples because the way that mm-hmm. headphone sits on your head, it yeah. doesn't actually fit the side of your head it kind of just hangs down Mm -hmm. so he made it so that it fits more kind of the way that normal headphones fit Mm -hmm. um but then he also did a number of other changes to the not to the driver necessarily but to the uh Mm -hmm. covering the protective covering Mm -hmm. and i wanted to actually ask you about this because it so far from a certain amount of experience with this kind of stuff it seems like the more stuff you put in between the driver and the ear the less detail comes through and so in theory removing that i mean i know also that the guys from abyss said that 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 they doing this doesn't actually change the detail retrieval all that much Mm -hmm. um and he may have done other things as well i'd love to get actually the full rundown Mm -hmm. of what it was exactly that he did but from what i understand they won't actually do that part of the mod because they don't want to risk damage to the headphone which is completely understandable you got to have you know like detail at all costs but still make sure that you know people aren't sticking their fingers in the driver and breaking stuff absolutely yeah (laughs) yeah they wouldn't they wouldn't want to spike their rma rates or anything yeah 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 Um, especially since that's one of the like mm -hmm. main features is that it's a headphone that'll last longer than you do oh yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah what's your take on the front cover stuff 
Yeah, I've I've definitely noticed that that frontside damping is something I try and avoid whenever possible. Mm -hmm. That that's, I mean, sure, you're going to change the frequency response, and I think perceived detail does definitely change with frequency response. But there's, to me at least, in my experience, there seems to be something more than, like, mm -hmm. if you were to, let's just say for the sake of argument, you put a piece of felt in front of the drum, and that lowers your treble that, say, two or three dB, and then you were to EQ that treble back up. Right. I think you'd still you'd still hear something missing. So, like with the Dan Clark Audio, like the the filters that they have, like the kind mm -hmm. of foam felt kind of stuff, where you can insert mm -hmm. it into the headphone and it curbs the highs. Mm -hmm. You do yeah. lose a bit of detail when you do that as well, or a bit of potential performance that the headphone has. That's my perception. It's interesting <laughs> um, when you look at something yeah. like this, the Verite yeah. pad. This is mm -hmm. this material here is also somewhat thick. Mm -hmm. It makes me wonder what would happen if. I don't know, maybe Tyler can mod one of his pads and <laughs> tell me what happens. But if you were to remove this, this, uh, the or the, yeah, the it's, inner, it's inner not, layer. yeah, it's not the, it, like I've had stuff that's thicker than that. Right. But mm -hmm. compared to like what they had on the Dianify, um, that DMS removed that that's thinner on the Dianify than this. Okay. So, you know, like I wonder, I mean, he removed that and then it was basically a naked driver there from what I could tell. Mm -hmm. And if I wonder how the Verite would sound if you, or something like the Verite, if you just removed that part as well, mm. you know, if it would improve mm -hmm. the technical performance. I'm I'm tempted to mm -hmm. experiment. Well, there's, um, mm -hmm. I think there's materials mm -hmm. out there that you can use that is a lot more acoustic. What's the term? The acoustic where it, uh, sound waves pass through it freely. Um, the mm -hmm. material that so it's also dustproof, but also lets, but it's. I'm trying to think of the material. Someone mm -hmm. was talking about recently too, and I can't remember mm. what it was. Mm -hmm. um, but super thin, like something. Super thin. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. it's basically complete clarity. Like it, it doesn't block any sound waves supposedly, but it's mm -hmm. ridiculously thin. So, because anything you put in between that, it's obviously going to have some factor mm -hmm. in it. Mm -hmm. on the um, God, what's the term for it? It's, it's a term for like the way the sound waves pass through material. That's a, a term. Mm -hmm. Acoustically uh, transparent. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh, so that's that's the, one of the things I, I think is what you're probably looking for is what mm -hmm. what kind of material are they, are they using and is there a reason they're using that level like because there's different levels of it right so right sure so maybe there's a reason for it I wouldn't be curious to, to do that mod maybe that is put that instead of mm -hmm. the default yeah. you know foam kind Cause, of thing because I mean, at the end of the day the biggest thing you're worried yeah. about is the um, obviously more dust right getting dust mm -hmm. on your yeah on your mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is more a factor for mm -hmm. planars than it is. Okay, so. Right. That's the other yeah. thing is that like with the with the dynamics. I mean, if you look at the <laughs> well, even the focal drivers, like it's also kind of just like a naked driver there, mm -hmm. right? Like you have, you have. If you just look, in, I can't really show it here, but like if you just look peer into it, it's more of like a grill that they have, yeah. and not actually yeah. any material foam there or anything. Yeah. Um, it's so uh, it's a similar thing that they have on the HD eight hundred, which I think is that material I'm thinking of. It's oh, okay. Uh, it's the material that's actually covering the driver rather than the, the right, right. The, the mm -hmm. material is that. So if you ever it's open like, up an HD eight hundred, mm -hmm. it has that. It's uh, like a really thin metal mesh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that was what they were using on the Abyss Dianify because that I mean it looks different from what it looks like what you just described, kind of like a thin metal mesh. Yeah, so it's, maybe it's, it's made out of like a plastic or something else though, but it's yeah, yeah. it's like a very metal like look to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I would say in my experience, stuff like a, like a thin fabric or even a thin open cell foam doesn't have too much of an impact. But when you start getting into like the felt, that's where you start to yeah. to really notice a difference. Like diffusion, right? Because that's the factor, right? Mm-hmm. When they get into like the mm-hmm. um, the way that it kind of like you get like the sound panels, right? Because it has the way that the, sure. the it goes through the. It's it's funny because when I was doing my I was interviewing uh, Fang Bian from Hi-Fi Man, mm-hmm. and. I was asking him about changes, potential changes that were done to some of the headphones, and he told me that the only real changes were uh, they, instead of, they used to put black paint on the magnets to make it look like, to make it look nice and to make it fit with the aesthetic they were going for. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then they, for whatever reason, the black paint would, like, peel off. So then they they Mm -hmm. changed that. Instead of doing that, they, uh, I think they they, they changed the color of the dust cover. Oh. And that's all they did. They, they changed the color of the dust cover, from what I understand. <laughs> and then I think for the Aria, they actually affixed it. Um, oh. So it, okay. it's a little bit different there as well. But um, and then he and then he said, it, you might actually notice that this there's a change in the frequency response as a result of that. Oh. Be you know because they're so sensitive, the the nanoscale diaphragms are so sensitive to mm-hmm. change in parameters for anything that's going on with the with the assembly, even something mm-hmm. as wow. as basic as not painting the magnets and changing the color of the dust cover. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm sure they would have changed some sort of material mm-hmm. there as well, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. But yeah. That's very sensitive. <laughs> very sensitive to that kind of stuff, apparently. So wow. yeah, pretty interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I, I try and avoid front side damping. I, yeah. I don't think I've ever released anything with with front side damping. I've, I've tried it a bunch of times. Um, with some headphones that have really bad peaks uh, i think it, it can be useful as a cheap and easy fix um mm-hmm. but in general i think it's i i will try and do everything that i can before even considering side down so reason. would you would you then say that like the biggest or the mo- the parameter that you would change that has the biggest impact on the frequency response would be mm-hmm. the pads probably yeah <laughs> like yeah yeah i would say on on average um or I, I guess i should say the if you take two different pads that are extremely different that's going to have a bigger impact on frequency response than almost anything right um i mean there's there's changes you can make again it depends a lot on what headphone you're talking about um but you know like, like on the t50 mark threes um you know if you don't steal the baffle um the bass is going to suffer no matter what pad you use. Uh, right so i i I go to a decent bit of effort to make sure the the baffles the baffle the ear side volume I should say is sealed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's changes you can make with with baffles and cups and stuff, but besides the driver, probably the pad pads are probably the biggest thing. Right, right. Because you're changing the, the it probably makes as as big or bigger of a difference than than the room in speech. Right, right. I think, I think that's probably a good analogy. Yeah, yeah. that's actually you know, it, it, yeah. and it's almost like you're moving from. You know, if you go from something like, uh, let's say, like the ZMF ovals, um, let me see if I have something else smaller. Um, see, I've got like some Tacomi TH900 pads, but you know the difference between those two pads probably bigger than say, I mean that's like going from like an apartment to an amphitheater, you know, in, in terms of of difference. Um, maybe that's a little extreme, but you know what I mean it. There's that that is the environment that the sound is interacting with you between the driver and your ear, and uh, yeah, 
going to have probably as much or more impact than your average. It's going to have bigger impact than, say, like treating your room versus not treating your room or um, right. having a room with good acoustics or a good layout versus a bad layout. Um, it can pretty dramatically change the function. And so with that, um, I mean, what would you say is a ideal? I mean, I, I know you, you often look for, you know, what you like. That's what mm -hmm. you listen, you're, you're trying to mod it for. But what that ends up looking like, is there mm -hmm. a, a target curve that you think it it gets close to? Let's say, I mean, the common ones would be Diffuse Field and uh, and Harmon. Like, where would you say it it your preference fits in between those two? Harmon from like like twenty seventeen. Mm. <laughs> oh, oh, the, oh, the pre the pre base boost. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure I think, there's other changes too. Yeah, but I think at this point it's fairly safe to say that that the degree of base boost for Harmon is is just a bit much, and I think it's colored by con consumer preferences to the mm -hmm. to to a bad degree. Like, yes, that's the whole point. I get it, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I think. You know, I think there are too many influences that are boosting the bass for that. Yeah, I, I think it's going to vary. So my, my music preference is usually <laughs> is usually either like EDM or uh, like acoustic or jazz, that kind of thing. It depends yeah. totally what kind of mood I'm in. And if I'm listening to EDM or I don't really listen to, to pop much anymore, but back when I did, um, I kind of want that bass boost. And I feel mm. like for... And maybe I'm maybe I'm a closet bass head. I don't know, but um, you know, it takes a, quite a bit of bass boost to get anything approaching the physical sensation that you would get from bass, like in a speaker, like in a speaker setup, like with a subwoofer. To yeah. get that kind of physical sensation with headphones takes takes quite a bit of, of bass boost. But yeah. if you're listening to like natural music recordings, then you're not going to want that bass boost. Um, so I think it's understandable that there would be kind of more consumer facing tunings where you really actually do want the bass boost, even if it is overblown. But then if you start listening to audio recordings with that, really, you want to start looking at different headphones more than, than anything else, probably. Um, so I actually, for, for EDM and pop, I don't mind the bass boost. Um, but for audiophile music, I, I would, I would agree with you. Serious audiophile music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that you mentioned it because I actually think I, I was listening to the head audio tower mains. This was after oh. Can Jam th that same mm -hmm. weekend. They took mm -hmm. us to the recording studio and we got to listen to the, the tower. Mains. Oh wow! Oh, and nice. it was a good room, but I and they they had it so that there was a chair in the middle of the room where it was like optimal position for where you you know where you're gonna get the best uh, positioning and everything. Sure. And I remember thinking, okay. There is too much bass here. <laughs> and but like I realized that a lot of that was the music that they were playing. It wasn't necessarily that the speakers themselves were, you know, I like I bet if you played serious audiophile music on it, it would actually sound pretty good. It's just that that the music that happened to be playing was like it was like EDM or some sort of dubstep at the time. And they, they would change it. They would go through different um mm -hmm. tracks, but the one that I happened to be listening to when I was sitting there was this massive bass track and I went Jesus, this is this, like if we're trying to tune headphones to this, we're missing the mark yeah. by a long shot because you know stuff that has these you know crazy bass shelves like it needs to be even higher. <laughs> but no, to me it was like it was definitely influenced by what specific 
you know music it was and what tracks you're listening to so sure sure um, absolutely yeah. yeah i don't it does it's something where if i'm listening let's say i'm listening to edm like i just want a good beat <laughs> like i, I want to feel the bass and i want to have a nice beat and so I, i'm not paying attention to the yeah. negative aspects of having that bass boost um like i might i might know that they're there but in the moment it's not something i really i really care about too much um, it, it's it's funny because there's this you just mentioned that you know you're never going to get that same physical sensation that you feel when there is mm -hmm. like a lot of bass you yep. physically feel the vibrations from speakers and in yep. headphones you're not going to get that but i wonder if one of the attractive elements of having like a, a bass shelf like a mm -hmm. substantial bass shelf mm -hmm. is the association with that sound and the feeling that you get even if you're not getting that yep. feeling yep exactly. and that's why you know people are cranking up you know or producing headphones mm -hmm. that crank up the bass it's yep. like giving you so. a, a part of that because you're used to you're used to that <laughs> yes yeah. I, I think so I, it's kind of tricking your brain into yeah getting into, into that memory exactly yeah mm -hmm. yep um but yeah I, I would agree you know as ramping up the bass you're, you're obviously going to get to a point where you want an all-rounder but you, you can only have so much bass <laughs> in, in an all-rounder <laughs> headphone and yeah. you're going to start noticing the negative aspects of that it's going to start bleeding into the mix. It's going to sound wooly. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that depends on the driver, but but yeah. Um, and that's so, something. Oh, go ahead. Uh, so for your like your preference, like the tuning that you end up with for your mm -hmm. headphones, you you'd say it. Uh, would you say it, it leans more towards a Harman type of sound signature, or what? What do you kind of aim mm. for? Well, so when I, so when I when I first did the Argons, like I said, I had no, I, I had no target curve in mind. It was just simply by ear what I thought I enjoyed. Um, and so, and with the Mark Threes, it was well, the Mark Two. I can't make the Mark Twos anymore, and there's still pent up demand of people who want that sound. So I want to try and reproduce that sound with the the Mark Threes, right? And, uh, and continue doing that. Um, but then that's a that's a big question for for me moving forward, um, you know. I I think there's if I were going to to be moving up the stack, so to speak, if I were going to be moving up in price, um, then I think I could be. This this is my suspicion anyway. Is that the the higher end the headphone that you get, the higher the percentage of of people are going to be listening to serious audiophile music and not pop edm not the modern genres um and so i i think a tuning that's that better shoots those genres is going to do better at at a higher end as a as a higher end product um bait you know as far as versus the Harman target um i would say for a higher end headphone i would not want i would agree there um, sorry you would not want not want what sorry I was, I'm sorry. I would not want as much bass as the hmm. uh, for a higher end headphone. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing I keep going back, and I remember mentioning this briefly to you at the show, was that I, I'm torn about the to me the balance between the upper mids and the lower mids mm -hmm. um, is something that I've I've really thought about a lot about. Um, and like my probably my favorite for that uh, for the upper mid balance is probably like the HG660 660s. Uh, 660 
like I really like the the balance between let's say the the two to four K range versus one um, K down. Uh, you know, I think most headphones have a little bit of dip from between like let's say one K and three K um, on average. But um, that particular balance, I think, is done really well. Uh, the downside with that is that if I were to follow that target, um, I won't get quite as much of a soundstage effect as I would if I'm continue doing what I'm doing now. Um, so I'm really one of my areas of focus now, and I don't get a whole lot of time to do R&D, unfortunately. But, but when I do, one of my areas, okay, how can I bring up the upper mids in the presence region? Um, to really improve the quality and, and focus of the vocal um, without sacrificing the soundstage. Because um, mm -hmm. that was something that I really, really noticed early on was that like I, I love the mids on this, um, but the soundstage just to me feels unnatural. Like it's just, yeah. it's it's too, it's like in my head, babe. Yeah. And um, have you, yeah. just out of curiosity, have you tried the, the Sundara? Like the, this? I tried a... I think it was a pre-production model, or it was one of the yeah. I the the revision. I heard there's a new revision of. It. Um, yeah, yeah. I guess I sort of I, I unintentionally blew the whistle on that, or let the cat out of the mm -hmm. bag on that one. But yeah, they. I don't know when this happened, but it. I think it was in the past, uh, sometime like a, around a year ago, was mm -hmm. when they changed the structure to the pads, um, okay. and you know. Uh, Fang assured me that they hadn't, they didn't change the driver or the cup or anything like that, you know, in over a, over a year, at least over a year, two years. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that they did was after the very first batch was that they uh, improved the, the, the reliability of the driver. Okay. Um, but, you know, when they said they did change the pad structure, which was the, the first thing that I noticed when I tried this one compared to the, the old Sundar that I had reviewed before, I, I was like, oh, okay, that's, they just have different pads on them because it was that noticeably different, but apparently it's the same pad, just slightly different. Uh, like, uh, like the angle is more extreme. So mm -hmm. it, it's not as thick in the front. So it, it actually improves comfort. Uh, but from a frequency response perspective, it, it's, it's actually, it's interesting. You mentioned the 660 S, uh, mm -hmm. the Sennheiser, um, because I have one here right now and I'm currently evaluating it. I'm going to be doing a comparison with the Sundar. <laughs> so, oh, so I'll, I'll see how the, the upper mids are for that. But mm -hmm. the, what you just mentioned about soundstage, um, I mean, that is what we were talking about at the show. And I think this is like headphones, like the Mr. Speaker or the Dan Clark audio Aeon two mm -hmm. are, they're an example of going one way rather than the other, where they don't have the balance quite as nice as what, the 660s has or even the sandara mm -hmm. has mm -hmm. uh but uh they just it's like they were like okay yeah we're gonna go for soundstage like they chose yeah. soundstage specifically mm -hmm. and that yep. is fine for so like a ton of music that i think is popular these days um not necessarily the yeah. genres because i've sort of changed mm -hmm. my mind on that but the recording styles that were used for oh. mm -hmm. a lot of the a lot of the current genres um oh, okay uh, and I think that it, it's probably fine for that. But then, uh, you know, as, as you were saying, when you start listening to the like serious audiophile music, you start to notice that, that that's lacking a little mm -hmm. bit. Yeah. And uh, so I think that's that I think for every headphone manufacturer is the biggest challenge. How do you especially unless you're using, again, doing something like ZMF where you have, mm -hmm. you know, 
you you have headphones but and actually i bet even for them like the verite that was probably a challenge there as well because sure. there is a there's a cut there absolutely um mm-hmm. and i f- i feel like you know yes you can do a certain amount with pads but um that let's say frequency response trickery to expand mm-hmm. the stage a little bit i i see it so often um that i think that's if everything else is done right that's what you start to notice and figuring yep. that out i still don't know what the answer would be to that yeah I, i've wondered um i haven't gotten a chance to try it but sometime i really want to try the um what is it called the smythe realizer oh um, that thing looks awesome yeah the look that's <laughs> yeah I, i've heard really good things about it it looks really cool i, I haven't um, heard of this I almost, I almost bought one and then, oh wow and then uh uh i was in a very impatient mode when i almost did and they were like <laughs> and i missed like there's a window where you can get one when mm-hmm. you first announced them, like the most recent one i want to say okay and it was like there's like 500 bucks option like that and then by the time mm-hmm. i actually got to go buy it it was like it jumped up and i was like Man. <laughs> uh, so are they not selling it anymore or is it no, just like a really... at that time and that was, that was when i was actually looking mm-hmm. to do it, stuff like that and then, so, so and i just never oh, really okay. revisited it so what exactly is that uh, so it's sort of like, at least my understanding is it's sort of like a DSP device where they'll at least the demos that I saw um, they would put someone they basically put it got a really high end speaker set up in a room they'd have the person listen to that speaker oh, set up they yes, put microphones in their ears yeah. and analyze that recording use that to then apply DSP to the headphones that it was putting out so the demo idea would be like okay we're going to put you in front of this $100,000 speaker set up listen to it then we're going to put some HD 100s on you or some stacks uh, 009s, mm-hmm. and it's going to sound as if you were listening to those speakers again. And, and they'd switch it. They they would they mm-hmm. would they would have it switch, and you would the people couldn't tell the difference. Like they would have the mm-hmm. headphones on, and they'd switch between the. And it was this crazy setup where they'd have like mm-hmm. them up on racks, and they'd be all around mm-hmm. them, the speakers. Would be oh wow! And like they yeah they'd switch it. People would be like, wait, am I listening to the headphones or the? Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, yeah it, was, it was pretty cool how they did. So, so like that's like a HRTF. Mm-hmm. like thing where they're trying to yeah so that was like i, I want to say like a few can gems like a few years ago that, yeah, was, that was when that I, first three i remember seeing ago. video of this yeah yeah so that's mm-hmm. when i was looking into doing it and that's uh it was like th- three years ago just shy of three years and so it was yeah it was mm-hmm. pretty crazy and i think there's some consumer facing headphones that, that are starting to do something sort of like that oh there's the, the neurophone yeah the neurophone is that the one i'm thinking of and the mobius yeah but yeah. that the Mobius, the Mobius is a more interesting one. Mobius yeah. is like the one that uh, it's more about the head tracking. So if you move, if yeah. well, Tyler can, ex- can explain a little bit more. But well, the Smith, realized, uh, Smith, I think had did. I think they do something similar with. I think they use the same technology to some degree. I think, from my understanding. Oh, for the head tracking. Yeah, yeah, I think they did. Something also, when you move your head, it doesn't like. Yeah. You know, yeah, uh, it, it stays with the same. Yeah, it has, like it's, a, the, in, yeah. it's the it's the NX. I can't remember exactly, but it's a uh, yeah, it's a little chip that basically when you. Basically, if you turn your head this way, all the speakers and all the sound stays in its location. So, like, mm-hmm. if I'm sorry, it's kind of hard with the camera here, but if I'm looking at the camera, the sound's coming from here. If I turn my head, the sound stays coming from here. So mm-hmm. there's your your head moves, but the sound stays instead of being like headphones. Yeah. You turn this way, it, and everything moves yeah. with you. It stays in its set location. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I Crazy want that. For video games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I could. Movie and video game. Yeah, I could see that for sure. For sure, but like, I for listen. I don't know for listening to music. Like, I, I feel like it's I turn my head because I have to, not because I want to hear. Because like the other thing you'd be messing with is the angle. Well, so right? for for me, uh, the good trick. Do you have the Mobius at all, Andrew? 
No, uh, I don't know. So, uh, no, Taryn has it. Um, hmm. You can, for me, like I used to have a pretty, I had my JBL, uh, JBLs and desktop monitors. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd be listening to my Mobius to music, and I'd forget I was listening to. I had I forgot I had it on like surround sound, basically the, with the NX mm-hmm. or the the head tracking. And you know, my wife and daughter would be sleeping, and I'd, and I'd be like cranked up music, and I'd be like, I'd turn my head, and I'd be like, oh crap, my speakers are on. Why is it coming screaming at me? You know, but uh, it was it was in the headphones. So that, I think that's for music wise was like the cool factor was like, yeah, it would replicate uh, a desktop monitor setup. I, I need to try that at some point. It sounds like even just because of it's a cool experience, you know. Yeah. And I think I think those what the Smythe realizer I think is what it's like. Uh, it, it's what? Sorry, you cut out there. For I, a I think. Oh, sorry. I think it's like four thousand dollars, something like that. Five thousand. Oh, so that's maybe. not even that crazy. Oh, like for no, the thing that you for the, buy for the switch device. for the device. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But, I, but I don't know if you have to make an appointment to have your ears measured <laughs> while you're, you know, when you get one, if you have to, yeah. I don't know what the process is. So it's um, a little bit like like the next level, you know, getting ear impressions for custom IEMs. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. Similar kind Having of Having your like, HRTF measured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, but in a way, it's like, why not? Like, like I could see that being the yeah. next step, you know? Like, if you want to take it to the extreme yeah. to make sure that it's as custom and personalized to you i mean as long as again this is what we were talking about before as long as you can get i think the foundation has to be good enough and as long as as long as you can get the soundstage elements to be there Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. then i think like 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 the physical kind of soundstage elements not just the frequency response ones and then you know you have something like this where you have the custom hrtf Mm -hmm. um so sorry for any uh anybody in the chat unaware high res transfer function if that's mm-hmm. that's the hrtf that's the term uh i think most people probably <laughs> probably know about that mm-hmm. um but yeah yeah it would be interesting i i know some people have talked about it before too that you know at what point are headphones going to be dominated by by dsp you know um i know for me that's a concern because <laughs> i know i that's one of the things i know i can't compete in um you know, and it'll be interesting to see what happens to the audio headphone market when DSP becomes more advanced. And what if there is some industry standard software that, you know, maybe you could go, imagine if you could go to an audiologist and... Oh, sorry, sorry, head, head-related head transfer function, head, yeah. not high yeah. <laughs> All right, sorry, I interrupted you there. Oh, no, no. Um, yeah, so it'd be, I think it'd be pretty cool if we got to a point where you could go to an audiologist, have, um, you know, impressions made for your IEMs, but then also have your hrtf measured and used that with some some sort of industry standard software uh to really get a better experience overall with almost you know with almost any headphone whether that's a custom iem or or an over um but you know is that is that dsp going to take the form of um is that going to be built into the DAC? is it going to be software you run on your computer uh, or is it going to be built into your headphone the headphones are now you know is everything going to be wireless bluetooth with dsp added you know is that yeah. going to become the standard I was going to say eventually, I think so, but I think we still have a long time before then because I was talking to, again, this is, I was talking to Fang Bian about this, and mm-hmm. he, th- he seems to think that, yes, we are on the cusp of everything being wireless. All the amps and DACs are going to be pointless. It's all going to be in the headphones. Mm-hmm. And I just think, like, I mean, based on the examples that I've heard so far, there's still quite a bit of daylight there between the wired and the wireless. Yeah. 
um, both from a from a like what's possible with putting amps putting source equipment into the headphones uh, <laughs> and also as far as bluetooth um i think bluetooth has a ways to go i think bluetooth is going to be bluetooth technology is going to get there first um and then once it's there then i think it'll start to make a little bit more sense to explore that route mm -hmm. but currently like you can even if you hear listen to like the ananda bluetooth which is like probably the best wireless headphone i don't know like like mm -hmm. not necessarily certainly not the most useful but but like for like technical performance let's say sure um you know there's still a noticeable difference like i think even the untrained ear would be able to hear a difference and it's mm -hmm. in my mind that's the limitation is bluetooth right now and i just i see like eventually it'll it'll probably get there but i think it's just going to take some time mm -hmm. yeah i think both the the bluetooth both the audio stream itself as well as what kind of the amplifier can you put into the cup of a headphone um and then whether you're making it open and closed i mean what are the limitations of having a closed head with a amp module inside of it and a battery and all this right. other stuff how much is that impacting an already compromised sound? Yeah. And, and I think there's another factor that's kind of not really, technology's great. And I think it's, you're right, there's going to be a factor where it's going to be, people are going to go to the mainstream and it's going to be that, that issue, right? But mm -hmm. uh, I'm just going to point you to the wonderful resurgence of vinyl in the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. The, the, you know, there's, there's something point. to be said yep. about having a true analog system. It, it, yeah. You I know when you hear one, it's, it's just better like i'm sorry mm -hmm. with this technologist i'm a technologist to some mm -hmm. degree like mm -hmm. it's it's just there are certain so, things that that the digital one can't do there's certain qualities yeah. about the yeah so i think that no matter what you're gonna have those people i mean look at the hobby right come on like yeah <laughs> 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 there's no such you know they ever, people are searching for paying thousands and thousands of dollars for that last five percent yeah. of quality yeah. i mean Yep. So I don't think that it's going to go away by uh, shape or yep. form. I think it's just going to become more niche and more like yeah. With yeah. putting the 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 notion of putting amps or putting source equipment into the headphones, um, mm -hmm. it was interesting to see uh, the the Deva, the Hi-Fi's new mm -hmm. wireless. Mm -hmm. Now I I wasn't the, the tuning isn't for me, but uh, the way that they did that, it, I think, is promising. Where they just they didn't put it in the headphone. They just they mm -hmm. attached it to the bottom of the cup, yep. which makes it so that you don't have to compromise as much. Well, okay, I shouldn't say that because I don't know what's actually going on inside. But the the Bluetooth element, that whole section, the receiver mm -hmm. section, was yep. at the bottom of the cup. So like at mm -hmm. the very least, like some of that is is outside of you know where the those yep. types of things would impact the the, the sound. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that shows promise. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know how that would work for like close back, but I think once again completely eliminating it from the sonic elements right mm -hmm. where it would potentially have some uh impact on the sound i think yep. there is promise there and then as far as the dsp goes i think that's also where they correct the issues that they can't like the things that when you do make a yeah. compromise like that you know then there's dsp right at the ready <laughs> you know to fix yep. to fix all of those mm -hmm. issues yeah, I, I like the way that they did that. Um, I wanted to try it, but for some reason the Bluetooth wasn't pairing with my phone right. Um, but I like how they did that, how they made them external, so you can go from passive to Bluetooth. Oh, with with the Deva. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, so I didn't get a good listen on it, but, um, I, but I like the I don't idea. Th- mm-hmm. I don't think the Diva has DSP, at least uh, not as far as I'm aware. But oh, I, I'm yeah. thinking of like uh, the the LCD one closed, for example. Oh, okay. Um, mm-hmm. Where uh, you know, like the Cipher DSP is going to be kind of mm. uh, part of that because it's going to mm-hmm. be wireless and all this. Which I mean, that's I I just see like eventually that being if if wireless is going to take off, I think DSP mm-hmm. also needs to take off. Because that's how yeah. you make up some of the concessions that you have to make. Sure, I, I think that makes a lot of sense, and I, I think. Um, and I guess what with with the Honesty stuff, the the original Cipher cable, like it has a, kind of its own default EQ built into it, right? And then it has its own app that you can apply. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which uh, which device is that? Oh, lost uh, lost Tyler's yeah, audio lost, here. Yep, lost your audio. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I was oh, mute, there we go. typing on the chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. It's the Hibby's uh, MSEB. So huh? I was talking to yeah, Ant was missing like the VWF. But that's some, similar like where it's like the, they do the DSP, but it's very simplified and very, mm-hmm. uh, it's not like a true like uh, EQ. Person. I mean, it is, mm-hmm. but it's, I mean, it's it talks about cool, bright, overall temperature, warm. Oh, light. I see. You know what yeah. I mean? Like a uh, base extension is light or deep. Uh, yeah, base texture is fast or thumpy, and so you mix huh. it based on that. Like oh, so, that's, that's cool. kind of something to think. They're about simplifying the, Super the, simplifying the yeah, yeah the EQ problem. <laughs> but that's a good thing, you know. Like, yeah. it's it's one of those things where I bet. I mean, but then they still have the the classic EQ. Oh right, like, okay, you know, yeah, through, I love that. Mm, that's know, fantastic. Um, which you can play with and have all of those. Too. Yeah, because it's that's it's. I mean, cool. I I love that they go to the to the lengths of not just warmer brighter right like i like mm-hmm. thumpy mm-hmm. like or you know the things Fast, that people thumpy, like yeah. i want yeah like like let's get let's get more you know uh still not as nerdy as like you know what we're doing with frequency response with you know mm-hmm. getting super picky about that stuff but more refined and nuanced than just you know three mm-hmm. options right it's like it says like note thickness crisp or thick yeah that's i mean who knows okay. like is this like a dac filter or something that <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah, it is. That's what it is. So it's, then it has yeah. a voice. It's, it's all digital though. So it has voice. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. recessed crisp uh, or Ford radio edition. Yeah. Female overtones, intoxicating yeah. or detox. <laughs> I love those descriptions. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of ridiculous, but it's, it's yeah. long. There's a whole ton of them. There's, it's not just like that one page I showed you. There's it's a, yeah. a large like list of them. But with so with the Odyssey stuff with the reveal DSPs. Those are kind of more like what Sonarworks does, where they hmm. they'll look at a at a given frequency response curve and then they'll they'll mm-hmm. correct the deviations to match a, t- a certain target. Um, mm-hmm. And for Odyssey, it's I, from what I understand at least, whether or not they get there, I don't know. But they're trying to hit a certain target with those with their Reveal Plus DSPs, and then they're trying to base mm-hmm. it on specific rooms. So a recording engineer could potentially be like, I want this room in this specific studio or whatever it is even though they're oh, not there yeah. and mm-hmm. it allows them to simulate what that room would sound like oh, um, okay yeah it's it's meant i mean the the whole idea ahead before the audio files got their hands on this stuff it was mm-hmm. meant as a at least as far as i understand somebody in the chat can correct me if i'm wrong but it was meant as a tool for uh recording uh engineers and people who are studio people who did studio work um mm-hmm. and uh then you know i think a lot of us 
in the in the audio file space we're like oh this sounds way better than what the default tuning is anyways mm-hmm. for the headphones mm-hmm. so we might as well mm-hmm. use it uh and so f- that's why you have like for the lcd one you have the reveal mm-hmm. plus that makes it basically a almost perfect harman tuning uh harman tuned headphones it's a little mm-hmm. bit more bright in the treble like a little bit more treble energy there but mm-hmm. for the most part it kind of follows the the general curve there is their target the same for every headphone or is it selectable? so it? right so i actually asked sankar about this uh mm-hmm. i'll actually release the full interview probably tomorrow uh he i think he said there's a general like they they generally try and have it be the same like (laughs) from my take is that it's not always possible to get it to be the same but they'll try and get it to to a reasonable uh similarity there um not when they're not when they're making it specific to a certain room um, but so, for example, if you take a re- the Reveal Plus plugin, like mm-hmm. just using Equalizer APO with the LCD One, uh, and you use the you use the plugin for that, and then you compare it to using the specific one for the LCD X or the uh, I tried one that was the EL Eight Titanium, which was totally the wrong headphone. But like you get the idea, you could see what they were trying to correct, right? What they were trying to improve upon. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Again, it's one of those things where I don't know if that would. It, it, it feels weird from like a marketing standpoint that you would do something like this because yeah. it's like saying, well, we weren't able to tune it the way that we wanted to tune it. Here's how we wanted it to be tuned. And then you're, <laughs> yeah. you know, in adding the plugin. And I was trying to press them on that at the show. And I don't think anybody wanted to give me any, any, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, peering behind the curtain on that one. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think that that's the way that things need to go. Like eventually, like if everybody were were to be completely honest about the headphones that they produce, mm-hmm. I think that there's room for DSP in just about everything, mm-hmm. and it's just it's just harder to sell people on the idea that, you know, in order to get this to sound the best the way that we want it to sound, you got to then tinker with these plugins and stuff like that, and yep. people don't want to do that. <laughs> yep. So I, I think yeah, I think there's a, a big contingent the audiophile market that are kind of like yeah. purists and they don't they don't want to deal with EQ they don't want they don't want anything interfering between the headphones between their their chain and the music you know yeah. you, you want to get the like Tyler said there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of effort and money and, and spent trying to get the best analog chain that you can and really trying to get that as chasing that last couple of percent mm-hmm. um and so, yeah, I agree. I think I think eventually we'll see the market kind of split in two. Where, um, you, you, you know, yeah. sorry, go ahead. Oh no, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. I think, so, yeah, uh, we, I think we're kind of on the average, same track. Average, yeah, average consumers will have that Bluetooth <laughs> yeah. world. I mean, you're already yeah. seeing it now. You have the you're, Beats you're gonna have, the audio file, right? Like, yeah, yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna you're gonna Beats with DSP in the future. Yeah, <laughs> and that's gonna take half. That's gonna take probably ninety percent of the headphone market, and then the last ten percent is gonna be the audio file and. Yeah. And that would be the audio purists. Yeah. But the difference yeah. in, in what money is being spent in that world. Oh, is, yeah. It'll, it'll <laughs> be like 99 and 1. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But see, like, I, I don't know, because I, I, I mean, I think I think you guys are right that that's how it's going to go. But I would almost want an audiophile headphone, like, the in the 10%, where there mm-hmm. is something like a DSP where you can just push a button and mm-hmm. say, not necessarily with a plug-in, making it very easy to do, right? Um mm-hmm. And have it be have it correct for whatever tuning they weren't able to do, right? So I'm thinking mm-hmm. of imagine you had the best performing driver you you could possibly have, mm-hmm. and you got it pretty close, 
to the ideal target curve. But if you if you were to actually get it as close as you like, if you were to get it perfect to the target curve, you'd have to make some sort of concession as far as the technical performance. You have to make some sort of you if you imagine there's some sort of sure. trade-off there from from a design perspective, and then you just sort of throw your hands up and go, well, we'll just do the rest with DSP. I'm fine with that. You know, like it, as long as it's easy to do, as long as it's as simple as just pushing a button, which is I think in in a, in a way it's what you get when you have an Odyssey headphone, right? When you have yeah. an LCD four, for example, I I think that's the closest to that concept. And as far as I can tell, Odyssey is the only yeah. one who are doing that in the like in that last 10% space, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I think, yeah, you guys, I think you're absolutely right that, like, the purists... And, you know, I, I count myself among them. I don't want to be EQing things. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would rather, you know, or it's like what we were talking about earlier, I would rather, if I could have pads that made, you know, for the Allegia, that made it sound like the way that I EQ the Allegia too, I would use the pads. I would mm -hmm. never bother with mm -hmm. the EQ. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, for me, so. EQ is mostly useful for 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 being able to figure out how I would tune something without having to actually physically do make the change. So if you, right. if you combine, if you're able to, if you have a whether it's ears, you know, if you have a yeah any measurement rig plus EQ plus headphones, that's a that's a pretty powerful um, kind of experiment means of of experimenting. You know, you can kind of get an idea of direction you want to go uh, faster than if you were to just make a physical tweak. You know, to like take them apart, make the tweak, put them back together, listen. Like with EQ, it's just a couple of clicks and you and you can do it. Um, and, and you know, it's not going to be the exact same effect. It's not going to be. Um, but there's potentially a better effect as well. Potentially, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd I'd like to see. I don't enjoy for my own listening enjoy. But um, yeah, I'd like to see something sort of like the Smythe Real, like an open source version of the Smythe right. Real. Um, but you know, there, I don't think there's going to be. You can only get so far until you you get an HRTF measurement, right? So because of how headphones are structured, you're always going to hit that limit. You know, mm -hmm. no matter how you tune the frequency response, um, it's not going to match someone. Well, everyone's HRTF is different, so to get that last ten percent of the experience, you're going to have to do that. But mm -hmm. to make that kind of a standard, I think we're going to have to bring the price down a lot, and there's going to have, I don't know, yeah. some industry standard way to to measure people's HRTF effectively. Um, but I mean, the way they're doing it with you know, they have a set up a room that's set up with speakers all around. They've got the ideal setup. I don't know how we would standardize that you know or where yeah. people would go for that you know if they if smythe made a deal with like um maybe a chain of high-end you know audio companies or something like that uh, audio you, dealers you have to go back right all the every yeah. so many years to get every check yeah right? yeah like, but mm -hmm. aren't there also companies that are doing that kind of or like i there maybe it is sonarworks who does this but there's a company who will you can send them your headphones oh, they're not doing it based on your Sonar actual works. hrtf yeah. yeah it is sonar work yeah so mm -hmm. they i i can i imagine like it would be something that you know they could as as an extension to what they're doing already it's like you could walk in you could book an appointment and then not only would you get the headphone the specific headphone corrected mm -hmm. to whatever the right tuning that they think it is but not so it wouldn't be the right tuning it would be your actual hrtf i think they might do that but i'm not i mean i don't well, i don't know how they would yeah. like unless like, they well, have 
Like, yeah, you'd almost have to get like uh I mean 3D scanners are are getting a lot cheaper and I yeah. think um I think there's there's software out right? Yeah, and I think there's software now that can take a a video and turn it into a, you know, yeah. if you could do something like that like imagine take if there was software that would allow you to, you know, spin around in a chair in front of a webcam <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> yeah like just spin around and then you, have you... them you buy the exactly. webcam and that's and that's part of it you just have to <laughs> yeah, do well, the thing they have the cameras now that are picking up people's keys and being able to mod them and, and go find their house and open their house by just taking the picture oh wow of the key, like, super far away you've seen that oh that's terrifying that was a, oh, wow. that was a sorry back in the day it was an issue that people were having uh oh, well, wow. it wasn't an issue but it was rare you know but it was one of those things yeah. that came out <laughs> that's, I know, that's terrifying and in my day job, there's a, a group of folks who who fly drones over the surface of um, like abandoned mines, oh, and what they'll do is they'll do oh, like, LIDAR. A, like a flyover video of that mine, and then they can generate a 3D model of the mine yeah. based on is, the video uh, that they did. Mm -hmm. They did that with the Italy when the last the big earthquakes. There's a big company that does that for uh, earthquake. Oh, cool. um, it's really really cool. They'll go through and they'll send all these drones, and they'll mm -hmm. that way they can locate where like the worst case scenario places are. They help locate mm -hmm. people and like where and mm -hmm. it's really cool because they map the whole thing like what you're talking about. It's a 3D map. Mm -hmm. they, is they that where the damage was? Is that actually lidar or is lidar something else? Um, I, think I think they use some of that technology because they use different. Uh, Lens, not lenses, one of the thing we miss. Uh, but capturing uh, yeah, 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 technology. Yeah. So mm -hmm. they'll do like the LiDAR versus, uh, um, I think they even do FLIR. They'll have, you know, that mm -hmm. kind of topology type type of cameras that can map elevation, that kind of thing. Oh, okay. But cool. I don't know, uh, technology is. So yeah, I would think if they can do that, someone should be able to make a way. Now, maybe you need two cameras to do it, but. <laughs> Some like a, like a stereoscopic image of yeah 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 maybe you need something like two webcams together and then rotate your head around and then they you could, I would yeah you know I would Buy think the they could yeah but yeah there's probably yeah there's got to be some way to do it to, down and make it more accessible. Um, <laughs> that's that's still pretty cool. Uh, we're coming up on an hour and a half here, so I should probably or mm -hmm. yeah, it's just over an hour and a half, so we should probably cap it there. We're trying to be yeah. a little bit uh, more sure. conservative there. I wanted to. Uh, we will. We'll take some questions from the from the chat. You have yeah, a few there, Tyler. Oh, sure. Yeah, I got a couple. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I, I I also wanted to ask you, Ryan, before we wrap this up. Um, so, so for example, if I wanted to uh, add a bit of let's say lower treble energy to something like the Elegia, mm -hmm. just with pads, uh. would that be possible? Or add add mm -hmm. a bit of bass, right? Let's say you, because these pads yeah. are like they're not. I, th I think they're like Alcantara or some kind of material. Yeah. That I don't think they're actually they're not leather or anything like that. So like if you were to use leather pads, solid leather pads, you might mm -hmm. yeah, you can see it there. You might boost the yeah. bass a little bit. But then how would you say you wanted to add a bit of energy at like four k hertz ish? How would you I go about doing something like that? Um, yeah, the, you'd say the the material that the pads are made of can impact that, the thickness of the pads and the angle of the pads. The, um, okay. I would say would be able to, like maybe like the you know the Stelia, like maybe grab Stelia pads. That'd be interesting to see what the Stelia pads would do. Yeah. yeah. I think somebody's done that actually. There's. I think Ian did it. Did yeah. Do huh? well, I'm not sure who it was, but I saw there was some pad rolling there on the um, and there's Dakota pads for them as well. Would be another <laughs> way to go. Um, but so in general, I mean, if you're 
is there a certain material that correlates to more treble or a certain uh, like a change that you would do to a pad that correlates to more treble in pads so uh, so for my example uh with the argon um so on the mark threes the the difference between the two and the three cut the treble from let's say it was more like seven and a half k uh up went down significantly and the the zmf protein leather um actually boosts that range more relative to say the lambskin so for, so for the the mark twos i recommend lambskin uh because the mark the lambskin seems to reflect uh let's say like the four to six k range more than the seven to ten k range uh whereas the protein is sort of the opposite so on the mark twos i recommend the lambskin because you get a little more four to six k a little less eight to ten k whereas in the mark threes i recommend the protein because you get you don't need any more five to six you really want a little more let's say seven to ten eight something like that um Mm -hmm. so yeah you'll you'll see differences in the upper mids and treble um i would say anywhere from probably two two and a half k up you can see differences um with the material though probably you're looking more like 4k up you'll see more of a difference in terms of the amount of treble that's reflected from the different surfaces um sorry which material was that you were saying oh sorry like and i was just using my example oh okay in the the, protein versus yeah like the protein versus the um lambs but that's and that's but that's with the same oval pad so that's keeping the pad structure the same just changing the surface to material uh, but if you change from, say, uh, the oval to the icon pads, that makes a pretty big difference. Um, that makes a bigger difference than um, than the material. So you'll see a pretty big dip in the in the upper mids. I think it's around I think it's around 4k something. So like the actual that. like physical structure of the pad being different yeah. has a bigger impact yeah. than the material. Yeah. yeah, they they both have an impact, but I would say the physical structure makes a bigger difference. Okay, mm-hmm. that's interesting. Um, cool. Uh, uh, Tyler, did you want to ask or get a few questions from the chat? Yeah, or so few... um, I have a couple from myself and a couple from the chat. So I'll start with the ones, mm-hmm. real quick ones, and try to keep it short. Uh, so what headphone do you like the most without wanting to mod it? <laughs> that's a great question. Ooh. <laughs> that's, that's what I like. You could say you could say the Argon Mark Three. <laughs> um, I would say for open, probably probably the Arias. Um, for closed, I would say Verite closed. There you go. That's my combo. <laughs> Which I don't I don't have it yet, but you know, me, one day. <laughs> me personally, I would probably go Verite closed and or Stelia. Mm-hmm. Those are the kind mm-hmm. of one of the tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for the open, for me, would be the kind of a shocker but the aeolus oh okay okay. because that one has the most uh uh capabilities as far as like yeah you can Mm -hmm. pad swap and it changes everything Mm -hmm. with the pad super like a lot um so i would say the otor would be my follow otor oh yeah that's a good choice Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. i think i think for for me closed would be uh well see that's the thing like the question for me would be which headphone would I like the most without wanting to EQ it? Mm-hmm. Right. And I think, yeah, because you know, it's easier for me to do that. And I, than it is to sure. start breaking open pads and <laughs> changing mm-hmm. damping materials, stuff like that. Uh, 
but I actually uh, see. I would say the Aria, but there's like a five k or six k hertz peak there that just mm. <laughs> sometimes. Um, so I'd have to say uh, for yeah for open, it would probably be the Ananda's frequency response. I think that's okay. pro- at least the one that I heard, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> or even this Sandara, this this specific Sandara, oh. um, mm-hmm. and then for closed. Probably the Stellia. Uh, like I again, I would say the Verite closed, but I haven't reviewed it yet, so I can't. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah. But the the Stellia. That's the cool thing about the Stellia. That I didn't fully understand when I was reviewing it was that there was a bit of unit variation there for those models as well. And maybe it was just like again the early ones had a bit. They sound a bit different from the the later ones. But the one that I evaluated later on, like I want to say like six months later. The frequency response was way more linear. Like it was like it, I measured it on like relative to like a you know the the mm-hmm. Harman like compensation, and it was like dead flat except for the bass boost. Oh, wow. But the bass boost was at a much more appropriate spot than the first one that I had. You know, the first one the bass kind of bled into the mids a little bit, but when the second one that I was evaluating, I was like, holy smokes, this thing is the most like neutral thing. Like mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Like, it's not what I expected. So the Stelia definitely is one that I didn't feel the need to really EQ much at all. Uh, oh, did you say the... Sorry, the, the was it the Sandara or the Stelia that changed? Uh, well, both. But but okay. the, the Sandara was a much bigger uh, change for the whole frequency mm-hmm. response. It's like a totally... Mm-hmm. It sounds... I mean, the first one was good too, but mm-hmm. it had upper mid-range shout and the bass rolled off. This one, mm-hmm. I wouldn't EQ a thing on it. I would just wow. leave it. Okay. Same thing with the Ananda, like the one that I was like, it's perfect. Like I don't, uh, mm-hmm. I wouldn't EQ it. The Aria, technically, yes, better performs better, but I would EQ it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've um, heard the uh, H, the edition was it the edition X. I've heard, but I don't think I've. You don't. You haven't heard the Ananda. Uh, from what I understand, I it they might it might be based on that one, but from what I understand, actually, the Ananda uses the 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 newer thinner diaphragm. Uh, okay. uh and uh, overall like the the edition x has a big, bigger sound stage apparently i haven't made this comparison but um mm-hmm. yeah um from what i understand there is still like a a, a bit of a difference there mm-hmm. um yeah somebody mentioned the headphone that's also like from a frequency response perspective the headphone is also really close yeah. okay. um did you get a chance to try it right I, I tried it, but it was the headband wasn't quite large enough oh, yeah. for me, so it, yeah. it kind of squished up the bottoms of my ears. <laughs> it just it's like I, I want to, I really wish that wasn't the case. I really yeah. want to give it a good, really cool. Yeah. What uh, I think what a lot of people need to uh, do when they try the headphones, they actually have to because the top head part is really thick. When mm-hmm. you put it on, you got to actually push down on the mm-hmm. top part so that mm-hmm. it properly goes far enough down onto your ears. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's what happens when it's a 700 gram headphone. So eventually it does actually kind of sink down a little bit. That's what I noticed sure. after wearing it for like, you know, half an hour, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of people, when they just first put it on at the show, they were like, oh, this doesn't quite fit. <laughs> yeah. You had to, yeah. Like, you got to kind of force it. <laughs> well, yeah, you had to kind of spread it yeah. out, flop mm-hmm. it, flip, flop, flop it. it. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then kind of go from there and then do the, yeah. 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 
uh, it can use also a little bit of a base shelf there so i wouldn't say i completely mm -hmm. wouldn't change the frequency response I, i'm really but looking forward close. to having you hear it now when it comes yeah out. actually yeah you mentioned it so it might be a bit it, different it, now so because at least to me it changed and then i know ian's yeah. changed yeah so um but anyways uh yeah i, I found the headphone to be quite excellent for, yeah. especially yeah. Yeah, I, think, I think the rep said they're going to come out with a new yeah they already the uh, said they're coming out with a new well, they're trying to, yeah, a lot of this was the health crisis in China has made it a little bit difficult to get the existing kind of parts that they were, I think, depending on. And now I think they're looking at other uh, solutions. I don't know. But that I, I was told sometime around April they might be trying to figure out something else with that. But again, not official word. I don't know. I don't know what the actual official word is on that. Did. I think they actually did come out with an official Oh, did they? Statement. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, mm -hmm. That they're working on uh, expanding the notches. But I yeah. don't, don't quote me just yet because I've I want to say that it was that I don't want to like surprise yeah. anybody or throw anybody under the bus with that like yeah, so, uh, yeah. Andrew said retract. yeah <laughs> um, so uh, another quick question then would be um, what headphones currently on the market uh, do you want to mod or would you want to mod hmm Ooh. um that's a it's kind of a loaded question in the sense. Well, <laughs> how about how about like in the flight? Okay, guys, how about this, uh, uh, a headphone that you think would be fun to mod, but not necessarily. Um, I think it'd be cool to make. I want to. I want to see some good closed planers. Yeah. Um, I, I'd like to make a closed planer that is not a T50 necessarily. Um, haven't gotten around to doing that, but should get some some Aeons. Yeah, but they have the uh, yeah the Aeon closed. Um, yeah, I, I want to try this on the new Sundaras. Interested to see what those are like. Um, hmm. Okay. I'd be um, curious what you'd want to change with the new with the current Sundar. Well, that, well, that's the thing. Yeah, it's like, well, my modding it to change the frequency. Yeah. My modding it to make it closed. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. If you could close off a Sundara, that would be crazy. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh. Okay. So. Next, uh, I have two, well, three more questions. I thought you were going to say the, I thought you were going to say Diana Phi. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> or, or AB1266 TC. Oh. I, I keep I, trying to, I keep lobbying DMS to be like, hey, mod that, mod the big one. Yeah, he, <laughs> yep, yeah, he needs to mod that one. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's sort of, I always have a hard time getting proper fit with those. Yeah. But it's just, I really like, I do like the presentation. Uh, once it's on your head, really yeah cool. actually he helped me get the fit right like the positioning okay. and everything mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. once it was the right kind of positioning, i actually didn't mind the comfort all that much like it was yeah. obviously not particularly comfortable because it's like 650 grams or something and mm -hmm. that it doesn't fit like normal headphones do but i didn't mm -hmm. it has a headband strap system and i love that mm -hmm. it's it's so much nicer than it, well there's the single pieces like this actually well, mm -hmm. these are really really comfortable but like the single mm -hmm. piece stuff never is as comfortable i find as the strap system so maybe I, that's just me i totally yeah i totally agree i, I think yeah. straps are the, are the way to go. and yeah. theirs i think is even it's not just with this strap it's got an elastic on it too, that's right yeah yeah and that helps uh, that helps mm -hmm. so yeah so once yeah it, it takes a little effort to get a good fit on it but once you have it yeah fit, pretty reasonably comfortable and um i really like the presentation on this so yeah, if he can if he can mod those that would be or just send one to you and then <laughs> because really like like i mean it's what we we're talking about before but like manufacturers who are pushing the boundaries as far as like what's technically possible with mm -hmm. detail retrieval and speed and mm -hmm. all of this stuff 
to then have somebody who is extremely meticulous and focused on frequency response mm-hmm. with all the different tools available I mean, mm-hmm. to, that would be fantastic. I think it would be. I mean, that's mm-hmm. why the DMS Dianify sounds so good. It's yeah, it, yeah. He's yeah. been it, really meticulous about getting the frequency response. Yep. You know, I yep. I, I think they. I mean, he already is working for them, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, but you know, if you had other manufacturers, I think probably uh, look at like having reviewers act as consumers. You yes, know. yes. <laughs> you know, it's helpful to have people who, you know have had the experience that you've had without the bias of, you know, making the things or particular company. Yeah, having, having that pride, right? The, the, yeah. The, the, yeah. The, the, yep. the anger factor. Like, and, and, the, yeah. the anger factor. <laughs> <laughs> well, de- definitely I noticed that with IEMs a lot, where it's like... It's, it's, so, they, the pride people, well, yeah, it's like it, people think the thing that they made is the best thing ever. And because they put a lot of work into it, yeah. they put a ton of effort, a ton, ton of resources into it. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And to me, it almost seems sort of like, uh, at least in the really high, like a hierarchy of values. There, if these companies are are putting the pursuit of of technical performance above everything else, mm-hmm. what are they sacrificing? Do they are they do they know they're making the frequency response? I don't know. I guess I guess what I'm trying to get at is are they so focused on trying to push the boundaries of yeah. like detail retrieval that they're not paying attention to the frequency response or is it an either or situation where well hey if we if we don't do this that pushes us forward um do we sac- are we sacrificing frequency or are we not paying attention? Yes. Well, yeah. it goes back to that whole are you sacrificing the it's going to be kind of a controversial thing but like saying uh the difference between going after the detail like you're saying versus mm-hmm. the actual enjoyment of listening to the yeah yeah <laughs> yeah because i mean you can appreciate uh incredible detail retrieval this is like me with with the abyss ab 1266 tc it's like i absolutely appreciate what it's possible what what's capable of doing what what mm-hmm. the detail and all the technical even the soundstage and slam was fantastic at the same time, would I want to listen to that headphone with its default tuning, like at, all the time? Pro- probably not. I would probably enjoy a. Well, I don't want to say I would enjoy a Sundara more. I don't think that's true. But, <laughs> but you know, I would probably enjoy something like an Aria or a, even a Verite, or open or closed, probably more, for actually just listening to music and not just to be impressed by the crazy detail. And that's a that's a tough. I mean, there's a balance there. And yep. part of me feels like I would want to be like, nah, I, I really am addicted to that quality of like mm-hmm. the same thing with the LCD four. Like the tonality there is just totally weird, but mm-hmm. that you really do appreciate that that quality of you mm-hmm. know what it's what what it's capable of doing. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think frequency response is the most important thing. Yeah. Um, and then the other, like if you look at, you know, I don't know if you want to call them technicalities or if you start looking at what yeah soundstage imaging uh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. impact impact or slam whatever, mm-hmm. whatever you want um detail retriever, retriever how do you rank those things and you know at what point is like i feel like if the frequency response deviates too much from i mean i don't want to say a given target but if the frequency response is too out of whack in anyone it almost doesn't matter the other 
what the other details of it are. Because you won't um, want to listen to it. Yeah, exactly. And same with comfort. If the headphone's not comfortable, it doesn't matter what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, there's degrees of comfort. There's some headphones that are more comfortable than others. But if you have something that's clearly uncomfortable to wear, you're not going to want to use it no matter how. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's adorable. <laughs> I don't come down. <laughs> I guess that's uh, my cue. That's that's the. Uh, were, were there any other uh, uh, final questions there, Tyler? Or? Yeah, yeah. So the the big ones. I guess I'll skip the the other ones. Um, but the big ones were uh, Socrus news. Any Socrus? Ah, I was going to ask the same thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. That seems to be the biggest thread there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, what about the Socrus stuff? Any particular yeah. questions about it? Uh, just like what's the up and coming news? Anything that's coming out? Like anything that you can relate? Do you want uh, me to do a video on the Socrus stack? <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, if you'd like to check it out, uh, send you one. Um, Absolutely. You know, I I want to leave announcements up to Soren. Um, you know, I can't really go into details. I'll say there are new things coming, but um, can't really say too much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wicked man. Yeah, I would say we're 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 tentatively going to be at that exponent. So, yeah, well, if um, if it happens, right? If we're if everything goes uh, according to plan, yeah, 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 yeah. it'll be. And hopefully, things don't go too. Bad. Yeah. And Sorry, my, my daughter was backing up rapidly. And, and <laughs> but yeah, hopefully As, we'll we'll get to make some announcements in the not too distant future and uh, and get to see some new stuff. Very, very awesome. Cool. Well, we should probably end it there. Sounds like Tyler has to go for dinner. Um, <laughs> so, you know, in order to not uh, endanger him from his <laughs> family. From, yeah. Uh, we should probably yeah, cut it off there. So thank you so much for joining, Ryan. Uh, everybody who has yeah. uh, been following along, and if you're watching this video afterwards, go check out Modhouse, uh, Modhouse Audio. Um, this is where all of his stuff is. And follow him. I don't know, on Twitter. Where's the best place for people to? Uh, I have a Twitter, but I don't. I don't use it. Very much. <laughs> okay. I, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't been into last few years. But, um, yeah, we, I mean, we put news updates on our site, and then okay. Uh, if we were, if when we announce new products, we'll probably. Okay. Um, it sounds like the audio was cutting out here a little bit, but yeah, I'll, yeah, we'll okay. just. Uh, We'll just uh, send everybody to the Modhouse Audio site. So Google Modhouse Audio, and you'll get there. <laughs> and I'll try and get a better microphone. <laughs> it's it's not the mic. It's the it's the network connection. I think. Oh, okay. It's it, uh, it yeah. The east to west coast too. Sometimes can throw oh, it yeah. off too. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, thanks everybody for tuning oh. in, and uh, thanks for watching, and we'll see you guys in the next live stream soon. Oh. Peace. <laughs>